Broadcasting around the world. And when he says the world, gentlemen, he means the, the world. world. Yes. Coming to you from uh, Florida is Jamie Havican over there and me, Jackal, on this very kind of impromptu four hour episode of The Jackal's Cabeza? Cabeza? Si. La Jackal Cabeza. La cabeza es mía, yo me llamo el Jackel, and this is uh, mi programa show, and tonight you're welcome to participate in mi show, mi programa. ¿Cómo está usted hoy? La grande de Jackel Cabeza. Whatever. Anyway, I, I, I've, I've received uh, urgent news, and uh, we, oh, uh, we'll boy. talk about that tonight. This is urgent news from the Galactic Federation of Light through Colin and Sheldon Nidal. Very important news. We've got to get this out to the folks and wake them up before it's too oh late boy. today. And we're going to do that yes. tonight. We are. And we got to wake them up because at midnight, I'm going to have <laughs> yeah. a couple of guests on the show. Mr. Don E. Smith. Not Don E. Smith. Don E. Smith Jr. Don uh, Quixote. 
Yes, and uh, Robert Heskey <laughs> is going to be on the show. They're actually comic book writers for Invest Comics. And we're nice. going to talk a little bit about comic books. And actually, I was talking to uh, Don earlier tonight. I phoned him a little while ago, and we had a good 30-minute conversation about the show and stuff. And uh, real nice fellow, by the way, real nice guy. We were talking about, believe it or not, aliens. It seems like he's really into the subject about aliens and, you know, the afterlife and religion and all that stuff. And he's actually called into the show before. He was a, a gentleman who likes the Jackal's Head show. Nice. And now he's going to be a guest on the show since he's working for this really cool comic book company. And as you guys know, I'm a kind of a comic book nerd. Well, let's kind of. while we're at comic books, do you know what happened at Comic-Con? I heard somebody got arrested or something something happened. Do you have this news? I heard now this is uh, through the grapevine, but I heard that a gentleman was stabbed in the chest because he was wearing a Harry Potter shirt. Okay, well, this is uh, there's a new website. It's 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 kind of like Playboy Light. This website okay. is is considered the Playboy that you're allowed to look at work. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's called the Smoking Gun or no wait, sorry, the SmokingJacket.com. Now, the Smoking Jacket is of course uh, a Playboy site. Yes. And and they have different Great categories: site. girls, a- entertainment, sex, videos, and lifestyles. Well, let me see. I I believe I've seen this Comic-Con story on here somewhere. Let me just look. I mean, man. So somebody got stabbed. Is that true? Somebody got stabbed for wearing a jacket? I heard heard he got stabbed or I don't know if he got stabbed or shot, but uh, something happened in the chest area of somebody who was wearing a Harry Potter shirt. That's what kind of what I heard. I don't know what the incident was. We were talking about it actually on Tenacity Radio, I believe, earlier tonight on the uh, chat area. So that's kind of where I heard it. But I can't confirm that. At a, you know what? Even though I will say this much, if uh, the result or the reason for stabbing a person is because he was wearing a Harry Potter shirt, I agree with that. Now to the next news. Because, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter sucks. All right. Well, I actually have the – well, uh, I thought I had it. I clicked on Let me see here. Uh, here it is. Let me see. Do I got it? Do I got it? Yeah. Yep. I think I might. Oh, oh, oh wait. Let me go back one more. Comic Con stabbing. Yep. Oh, yep. Think. Oh, oh, wait. Let me see. Loading, loading. Comic Con stabbing as Comic Con attendee stabbed another near the eye with a pen Saturday oh, afternoon. I, They got into an argument over whether one was sitting too close to the other, police said. A Comic-Con attendee stabbed another in the eye. Um, The the injured man in his 20s was taken to the hospital with a minor cut, San Diego police officer David Stratford said. The attacker, also in his 20s, was arrested and booked for assault with a deadly weapon, he said. The incident took place in the San Diego Convention Center while fans were waiting for the panel featuring actor Seth Rogen discussing science fiction comedy Paul. Uh, The room was very crowded, and the males argued over one male sitting too close to the others. Uh Uh-oh. I wonder if uh, somebody we know was there. The panel was delayed. (laughs) The panel was delayed for 30 minutes while the attendees were shown a series of movies. Comic-Con, the annual gathering of self-proclaimed fanboys and fangirls, began Thursday and concludes tonight. Aside from the stabbing, the convention has proceeded without incident. 
Now, I have another article here related to the same story that actually says that uh, a man in a Harry Potter t-shirt was led away in handcuffs. So apparently they got the news wrong in the tenacity room. The man with the Harry Potter shirt was the one who committed the stabbing. Yes, Which, we have. Again, I, I'll say it again, and I'll say it loud. They should put every single Harry Potter fan in prison. Just put them away. Lock them away. And start with the person who created Harry Potter. Lock her away too. Just banish them to a padded room somewhere. Yep. Well, uh, this this important night that we have, we actually have two two big news from the Galactic Federation. Oh man. Let me let me just get let me just get the first one out, and we'll wait a while till the second one. Okay. Now. Okay. I'm going to go with the July 21st one, and then I'll read the July 25th one. All right, July 21st. This is a wake-up call that no one will sleep through. This is coming down from Sheldon Nidal, and uh, it was channeled. Yeah, he's, the, the, he's the big wig. Yeah, it was channeled. This is a channeled message from okay. Saul through John Smallman. Uh, er, yeah, whatever. Sal Rosenberg. Okay. Every day that you live in the illusion... You are moving closer to the exhilarating moment of the awakening. It is a moment that you cannot miss because you are arranged your whole schedule with the illusion to ensure your presence is in that moment. Your alarm clock has been set. Its batteries are new and the sounds will awaken you. This is a wake-up call that no one will sleep through. And when you awaken, you will be fresh and filled with energy and enthusiasm for life so far being anything so far beyond anything rather than you have ever experienced in this illusion that there are simply no words to describe it yet he goes on for two more three three more paragraphs the, yeah. the state of full consciousness into which you are soon to awaken uh, is the state of blissful exhilaration hmm, bliss that sounds familiar to a tv show bliss you know uh, explanation for which you have been longing and searching and which you have only faintest traces of memory, just enough to be sure that at the very deepest center of your being that it truly exists. This is where you belong and this is where you are going. When you are asleep and dreaming, there's a part of you that knows you're asleep and at times your dream state uh, states you are also aware of being in a dream. It is at the center of your true and perfect being, which is a present asleep or unconsciousness, that this faint memory of reality resides. It has been with you always during all your hum human lifetimes in the illusion. It is to ensure that you continue seeking your way home until you succeed in doing so in your awakening. So let's get on to the last paragraph. Your father's all-abiding love and will for you mean that the only event that can truly occur in this illusion is your awakening from it into the brilliant light of heaven, the only reality where you always have been and always will be. Your awareness and experience of your true state of uh, beingness is being brought back online, and this will be impossible for you not to awaken and reveal once more in the wonder of your existence in your only true home where you are one with your eternal loving father. With so much love, Saul. 
a member of the Galactic Federation, channeled through John Smallman. I mean, Sal Rosenberg. Does that sound like indoctrination to you folks, or what? I mean, I mean, we got to be ready for our awakening, folks. We we have to, yes. We got to get Sheldon Idol is the man who they talk to. And you know what? Uh, for for thirty eight bucks, you can hear Sheldon Idol uh-huh. talk about this yeah. on his next on his next uh, webinar. Yeah, because you see, what the, the thing is, guys, the aliens, they need money. That's the problem. They need uh, people like Sheldon Knighter to go out and make money because the aliens Remember, are having financial problems also. Don't just think yeah. the financial problem is here. Remember the other day, we, we just read a news story saying, how do we know the aliens have money to do this, member? Uh, maybe the aliens are poor, too. Remember, we just read that news story. Exactly. The aliens are probably broke, so they need Sheldon Knighter. They need a Billy Meyer. They need a Michael Horn to sell items for them and make money. Yes. And give back to the Galactic Federation of Light and the Star Trek, I mean, the Galactic leaders that are out there. All right, let me see if... uh, Not at all. Let me see if I can... uh... Galactic Federation of Light. Oh, man, seriously. Did you hear about the oil breakup in the Gulf? Uh, I don't know if you read about this. this. Is actually right off the wire, literally. Yeah, you know well, why? Why? Why are they gonna uncap something they cap to try to cap it? Yeah, how does that make any sense? Uh, yeah. Don't know. But tell us. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense. But it says here, right out of New Orleans, Louisiana, oil left on the surface of the Gulf of Mexico is breaking down. Naturally now, so the flow of crude oil has been cut off beneath the surface, as we all know. A Coast Guard admiral said Sunday after touring the scene, and his name is uh, Admiral Paul Zunikov. I don't think he's American. Said the uh, <laughs> remnants of the tropical storm Bonnie did uh, little to affect the oil slick, which is breaking down very quickly. The storm itself was not that significant, said Sukhanov. Uh, he told CNN reporters after an uh, aerial survey of the northern gulf on sunday we've actually had nine days of uh, no new oil being released so what we're seeing is the remnants of the oil that was released nine days ago bp crew managed to temporarily cap the undersea well at the heart of the three-month oil oil disaster on june 15th as we've all been you know been very aware of but efforts to close off the gusher permanently is uh, by drilling the relief well were delayed by the storm, which uh, forced the ships involved in the process to evacuate the area. Now, those ships have returned to the area since the storm. Uh, they told reporters on Sunday night, which is just uh, tonight, actually. And uh, they told reporters that they saw one large patch of oil about 12 miles off the Grand Island, Louisiana, during the six-hour aerial tour. That's a lot of oil, man, 12 miles of oil. Can you imagine that? Now, yeah. the oil could be seen in Louisiana or Lake uh, Borg or Lake uh, Pontchartrain. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Or uh, any of the other coastal parts of the uh, Louisiana area. But while the only light uh, shed on the on visible parts of the Gulf oil, uh, they actually saw 12 miles of, of the oil still left. But it is, I guess, you know what Rick was talking about that the other day, that this oil will actually just evaporate or disappear by yeah, itself. And it, well, it seems like it's actually just doing that. It's actually just disappearing you, on its own. So, You know what gets me is, is CNN is doing like this special. You'll only see it here as we take yeah. a, a submersible underwater to show you the coral reefs are doing fine. Well, oil floats, you know. Yes, I mean, does. sure. Yep. 
sure it's gonna you know mess with the fish and stuff like that that are near the surface and have to come up and are in that area but you know they're showing you underwater scenes hundreds of miles from the oil slicks and uh, i don't know why they would do that you have one side like anderson cooper who tries to call them out or you know at least makes it seem that way but then you have the other side where uh cnn got caught streaming looped footage saying it was live so i don't know what's going yeah. on there. So. Well, a lot of a lot of it is a lot of media hype. Also, I mean, remember this is the same media that is trying to push for a, you know a, a push away from the oil industry, and uh, that's the left wing. You know, the left. Uh, I guess the Democrats are the ones that are really pushing more for other sources of energy more than the Republicans are, and this is kind of I think why the media is covering it so badly is because it's like Shane saying, you know, look at the problems that the oil is causing again. Look at this problem. This is why we got to move to different, you know, forms of oil, different forms of, of clean energy and, you know, whatnot. It's because they're trying to actually push that agenda, I think. That's why we're seeing so much coverage of, of this oil disaster. But even, you know, Rick was talking about it, like we said, the other, like I said the other day, and he made a fine point that this is not the only oil disaster that's happened in this, in this world. I mean, there's constantly uh. oil coming out of different parts of the planet. Yep. Naturally, too. Yeah. Naturally, yeah. Yep. So, it, 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 I mean, this is uh, it's getting more media attention than I think it really should have. I mean, it is a terrible disaster. Don't get me wrong. And you know, shame on BP. I hope they go out of business for you know not getting down there and capping it sooner or stuff. But I mean, you know, in all in all honesty, it is going to disappear by itself pretty quickly. And guess what? Yeah. Life will go on. New fishes will be born. It is. That's true. You know, the same thing happened in 79, like we said so many times before, the same amount of oil, roughly, you know, a little bit less, but uh, roughly the same amount of oil, and we never knew about it. I mean, I never heard yeah. about it till this happened. So, you know, the ecosystem, the oil is natural. It's it's part of the earth, and, you know, yeah, it can kill air-breathing mammals that are in the water and birds that, you know, dive in and are so heavy they can't fly. But uh, yeah, that, that's a shame. But you know what? Again, we slaughter animals daily for consumption for food. So yep. a couple, you know, ducks get caught up in the oil. You know, really, is it going to really hurt you that badly? Are you going to cry for them? Or, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be realistic here. You know, if that's the case, then we got to shut down Kentucky Fried Chicken ASAP. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do something. Uh, I wanted to give out. I wanted to give out the phone number here on the jackal's head. Uh, Yes, we can take a couple. Yeah, we can take a couple callers if anybody wants to call in and just uh, chit chat with us. Maybe share some experiences, some sightings, or give us your opinions on current events. Feel free to do so. That number is uh, let you grab a pen. Go grab it and uh, do, 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 grab a pen. Okay, it's nine four one nine four one five four eight. 4291. So again, 941-548-4291. Call us and that'll patch you live into the Jackal's head. And then you'll be able to go tell your friends that, hey, I was a voice in the Jackal's head. Ha ha ha. Man. You are about to enter a new dimension inside. one secret question you can't ask. If they know the answer to this question, then they're definitely aliens. They have to tell you in detail what these 
ingredients are for the secret sauce in the Gordita Crunch yeah. at Taco Bell. Yeah. Only the aliens and the folks at Taco Bell know the secret ingredients for the secret sauce on the Gordita Crunch. The Jackal and his co-host. There is a way to test if these are real aliens. Next time it happens, ask them to give you something to prove that they know something that's not out yet, like Stan Romanek, they gave him uh, mathematical equations and elements that weren't discovered for a couple of years. Ask them to tell you something that's going to be developed next year, and uh, if it comes true, then they really are aliens. If not, then you're probably having sleep paralysis. If you wake up and you're in bed and... Coming for all of you. This is Gito going into Jacko's head. And I hope everybody tunes in and listens. These boys know what they're doing. They really got it. They know what they're doing. The OnStar aliens are coming for you, June. We're coming. Sound, irregular sound, almost any rhythmic low frequency vibration. I'm Jeremiah Greer from Shadows in the Dark Radio, and I am now a voice inside the Jackal Bear. Stephen Jacobson, and I'm now a voice in the Jackal's head. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. And we're going to be on, guys, for the next three and a half hours. Jesus Christ, we're crazy. At least you we're are. A little bit. Insane. Yes. Just a little bit. I kind of dig it, though. You know, Art Bell, of course, used to do the show all the time for like five hours, six hours before he messed up his back. And George does it for six hours on Coast to Coast, so why not? Very true. One time. Very true. One night. It's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal, I don't think. We did, uh, what was it, eight hours one time or six hours? It was six for you, but eight for me because I had just finished yeah. my show. And it was your birthday, I believe. Yes, it was. And, of course, as most people do on their birthday, I spent it on radio. Instead of out partying or with a good-looking lady or anything, I just I spent it on the radio. That's yes, how I spent most did. of my birthdays. Yeah. Well, you know, things happen. But it's okay. I enjoyed it. It was a good birthday. Had fun. Yes, you did. Man. I'm depressed now. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Well, I just know, want to shoot myself. You know, you know what? Well, I, I was kind of depressed today myself uh, because... Man, where's my life going? What? Yeah, I, exactly. I had one of those dreams. You know, I, I, do oh, have, I do have vivid and lucid dreams where I can tell I'm dreaming. But I had one of them dreams where life is almost perfect. Where you're still with your high school sweetheart, you have kids, you have a huge house, you have everything, and life is just great, and you get these great feelings, and then you wake up, and you're like, oh my god, that was a dream. And then you mope around, and you're like, man, it, is this really what my life is? You know, living in this million dollar mansion with no girls, and just, you know, not afraid to go outside because of the men in black, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I know you have the. Uh, it's not a million. Don't don't be so humble. It's like a four million dollar mansion. Well, so I'm in the. I'm actually in the bunker that's under the basement. Are, are you? 
Well, so am yeah. I. I'm in my bunker, of course. And, but and what Everybody what has. I did is I, I made a window. But what the window does, it's a ventilation shaft that goes to the ah. surface. Uh, but light actually travels down it, and I can pull the blinds up and let some light in and out. But you know, when I'm worried, when I'm paranoid, when I think something's going to happen, it has a camouflage uh, door lock that goes over it. Camouflage the underground mm. basement where I have my full studio here, and it's pretty cool. It's only about eight by ten, but I have my studio, a recliner, and a TV in here, and it works for me. So that's that's all you need. Yep. That's the essential. If you had yourself a little fridge in there and or a little yeah, that, bar, that that's the part set. that sucks because uh, I actually cut out a, a a piece of the floor in the basement and I extended the laundry chute. So I used the intercom and I'm like, "Please send me down a coke," and I just reach over and a coke falls from the ceiling, and then I got to tap awesome. it a couple times on the top so it don't blow up when I open it. But yeah, yeah it worked out. Or a beer, that's you know. Awesome. Sent but I have to buy cans, and that sucks. Wait, when you say send me a when you say send me a coke, you mean you mean the drink? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought completely different. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, get back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back, back to basics. You know what? It's funny though. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, high school days, I was watching a video on YouTube that nearly made me cry a few days ago. For all the wrong reasons, though, I saw a video that yeah, it was funny. I saw look a video at, somebody look at took me, us. look at him. No, I know it's not that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> no. That's just no, funny. That, I want to find that. I want to find that way. That you're made me cry for all different reasons, also. <laughs> but no, that's not the one I'm talking about. No, actually, I saw a video somebody posted on YouTube of my old high school, Coral Park Senior High, and somebody had vandalized the entire school. Now, when I tell you they vandalized the entire school, I'm talking about every inch of the wall on that school was vandalized. Oh, my God. All the way around and inside, inside the hallways, everywhere. I mean, and this was done overnight. And uh, somebody had the bright idea of taking their camera to school that morning, ironically enough, and they recorded the entire school. I don't know if they've ever caught the people who did this, but it really was kind of heartbreaking because, you know, that's my alma mater. You know, that's where I went to high school in. Yeah, it's kind of well, messed up, you know. Sort of see my high school, you know, def- defamed like that, and just you know, it's just want to beat somebody's head. You, in, you probably, you probably know a lot of people. I I went to Hollywood Hills, and that's very, very close. Probably, you know, within a half hour journey, maybe a little bit more because you're more south of Miami. But I just posted the link, the Old Spice spoof. Look at me, look at your boy. Now, I'm going to watch this again just because I want to laugh, but everybody click on that link. Check it out. I'm going to watch it right now. Look at me. Now look, look at, at me. Man. Now look at your man. Now look at me. <laughs> now look at your man. <laughs> now look at me. Yeah. Tidy whities Indeed. Now check this video. Out. I'm gonna, this is the one I was telling you about, about Coral Park. I'm going to post it in there also. The camera operator. Yeah, post on the there. chat. On the chat, unfortunately, you can't click on the links and yeah. actually, you know, have the the YouTube page open. So you just have to take down the last, uh, I guess, few letters, which is the H F R U, and just go open Wait. up a YouTube browser and just type it in. You can actually copy it, or if you go yeah, to the original you, chat really? box, I, th- I don't know. I, I thought you could. I mean, I no, thought I, I could can. at least. 
Or you can go to the original chat box and it'll work. That's what sucks. That's the only bad thing about XAT is they only work yep. in the original uh, chat box, which, you know, of course, is www.xat.com forward slash Florida UFOs. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys can find them videos, feel free. But, yeah, that sucks that you can't do that. What you can do, though, is you can click on your name, right? And as your home page, you can put the video in there. Oh, All right? yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Now, now people click on my home page when I put here. I'll put click, and you'll see right next to the alien, there's a little house. Click on that house, and that'll bring you to the video. All right. I just got Oh, okay. That's the video you want me to watch. Let me look. Coral, Miami Coral Senior High. Yep. Check that out. I'm that watching right now. amazing what they did to this i mean it's incredible it starts off you know with some uh, minor graffiti oh my God. faces you know no you haven't seen nothing yet it's a, a few I faces know. there's uh some uh i guess uh superhero uh logos that they painted on the wall and then you see a couple of you know different graffitis around the wall but it gets really bad when they start going around the actual outside of the school this is the interior I'm seeing part that of the right now they're, they're going around the outside of it now yeah, they did. Somebody, uh, I guess, uh, decided that they wanted to be a kind of a dick, so they drew a very giant penis all the way around the school. Oh my god! That is not yeah, cool. I'm seeing the clown face right now. That right there is is very signatureable. So if they find a person and they find a person's work, they can attach it. I mean, you, they should go to the art school teacher, the, the art teacher there, and ask who's this look like because. Obviously, this person has artistic talent. Yep. Well, here's the thing. This might have been actually somebody from a rival school because, you know, they, they are rivals yeah. uh, with a couple other the local schools here that are, that are Daff- rivals for football and stuff. So I see Daffy Duck. Yes. <laughs> Daffy Duck is on the wall. Uh, when, did you get to the P- when did you get to the P.E. area? Coming that to a even, school dude, you... No, in no joke. Somebody uh, put in there. Southwest runs this. Southwest is one of the biggest, uh, I guess, competitors that Coral Park has in football. They're like the the rival in the, uh, 21st, the city here of, of Miami. Twenty first, rest in peace. Wow, they really defend. Look at a big old penis the, on the door. Dude, they went all the way around the trailers outside of the school. The trailers, not just the school, oh but my all God, the way in the back where it. the trailers I see, are. I see the trailers now. I mean the the people. Oh, I mean, you got to give them an eight. We got to give them an eight for effort. I mean, they went out of their way to tag yeah, this place. Southwest up. runs this, and as a huge yes. team. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, at least some kids. Uh, you know, if you get in trouble, you're going to be doing some painting for a few days. <laughs> yeah. Well, check this out. If you go in two minutes and fifty-two seconds, or two minutes and fifty seconds, somebody actually right, tagged right. the roof. They wow. actually tagged the roof. You can see, like, the actual roof of uh, the, the hallway and the outside. And somebody had tagged up the entire, you know, part of the roof also. I mean, they, they really went out of their way to tag this, you know, this place up. I'm it's, at uh, 250 right now. You'll see the the roof has all tagging on it also. Now, guys, I went to high school not too long ago. I, I went to this high school in particular. I never got into doing this to to my schools. What the hell is wrong with kids today? I mean, th- this is a complete lack of any kind of fundamental respect for anything. I mean, seriously, if you can't take respect in your schools, uh, 
I mean, what is America coming to? I mean, the, the, what happened to, you know, the sanctity of uh, the school system, you know, and protecting your school? What happened to the security guards that are supposed to be, you know, taking care of this place at night? You ever, uh, can, you ever type... How can they let this happen? This is all over the damn school. You ever typed in uh, your website with the E instead of the A? It goes to Paramount Pictures and plays a movie. It's pretty weird. Yeah, there's a movie that they came out of. Uh, they came out in the '90s about my life. Apparently, uh, Bruce Willis play, uh, played me. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Cool. Well, That's I want to. I want to get out there. My little thought that I've been uh, thinking about over the past few months, and I'm I'm slowly putting it into action. And uh, that has to do with when I started my radio show. Uh, I started it and I named it for a specific reason, and that is because uh, me and Dave started the show to talk about what we were seeing here as far as UFO sightings. So I called it Florida right. UFOs, not knowing the show was going to be you know, pretty big a year from now. And it's pretty much kept me locked into the ufology and paranormal base topics so a few months back i was thinking about different names i posted some yahoo answer questions good names for a new radio show and you know i came up with the the word inception now uh, a lot of people probably gonna think that i bit this off the movie but i'm i swear to god right now i did have no <laughs> knowledge of this movie before when i named it but uh yeah i'm slowly working on, i'm actually working on the website and i'm think what i'm gonna do is uh, do Florida UFOs on Tuesdays and Inception Radio on Thursdays until people get used to it and it builds its own name and people from Florida UFOs, you know, figure out that, hey, Florida UFOs is now Inception Radio and it'll allow me to bring on a wide range of guests from doctors to, you know, ex-convicts. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the, exactly what one wants the, on their show. The plethora, I mean, yes. yeah. I mean, it, it, no, it's good. I mean, uh, Unraveling the Secrets, when they had their, that ex-con on, that was a good show. He was actually in jail, wasn't he, or just got out? Yep. Yeah, he was, actually. He just got out of jail a few and years I wanna, before, I think. You know, I want to do all kinds of shows. Like, my doctor wants to come on my show and, you know, take caller questions and, and give advice, but I can't bring a doctor on Florida UFOs. So, Inception yeah, Radio will, will open me up. And well, well, that didn't sound good. But we'll open wow. up my audience and my yeah. guests. Yeah, that didn't sound good at all. No, but no. Uh, but yeah, it's. Well, uh, I it, know, I know. If anybody uh, can bend over backwards to make a radio program work, it's you, Jamie. So, well, thank you. So I know you're going to make it work. Inception, and it is a cool name, even though there is a movie, you know, called Inception. But hey, I'm called the Jackal, so who am I to, you know, say anything? Yeah, that's true. I'm going to upload. I'm going to up. Robert Pena was badass. Here. Yeah, I'm gonna upload the badass logo for uh, Inception Radio, and I'll let everybody take a look at it here in just a moment. I'll let everybody have a look at the logo for the new radio show. I think you'll like it. I had it made by one of the best graphic designers in the world. And he actually made this thing really, really quick, too. It only took him, like, what, five minutes or something. But here yeah, it is. Good, tell, me, tell, me, tell me what you guys think. For those of you listening on uh, Shoutcast Radio, live stream, talk stream live, Delicast, come on over to PSN. 
I still have the same link. PSN-radio.com. And uh, you'll uh, see our chat box and get these links. Let me see if I can finally. Here's the image. Click on that. You'll see Inception Radio's logo made by a master. He is a master, but unfortunately, uh, Photo Bucket is not a master of uh, allowing images to click be clicked on. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a bitch. I guess I'm going yeah, to put it in my, it. I'm gonna put it go, in my You know name. what? Do this. Go to, t- to tinyurl.com and just convert it to a tiny URL. That'll work. Oh, no. This works, too. Just click my house. Click. Click your house. Uh, All right. I'll click the house. Click on the house. Inception Radio with Jamie Havikin. Let's see. You see the house? I do not see the house. Where's the house? Right next to the alien. It says Jamie. Then it has the little alien logo and it has a house. Uh, I see Jamie. I see the alien. Do not see the house. Let me refresh my thingamajig here. You might want to refresh your thingamajigger. No, I see no house, my friend. I see the little gold icon. I see the word Jamie, which is your name. Okay. And I see no, the little gray alien. No need, no need. No tiny, tiny URL. Tiny URL. com. Yep, here she comes. Tiny URL. Here she comes. <laughs> when in doubt, just listen to me, man. Tiny com. It's a great place. Yes. All right, here it is. See if this one so clicks. This- my friends. So this artist uh, who made this, uh, he's good, man. Let me tell you. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he, I, I highly, I highly recommend him. He's he's been a secret in the industry for a long time, but anybody out there who really wants to get, you know, quality logos, icons, and websites, uh, such the like of this icon and much, much more, let me know and I'll hook you up with this man. He's kept underground because he he did a lot of yes. designing for he did a lot of designing for you know some shady some characters. Notorious so. folks, yeah, some yeah. notorious folks, yeah, yeah. I hear now that this uh, you know I might be completely off here, but I hear that he lives in this mother's basement. That's what I hear. Oh yeah, I heard that, but you know yeah. that's pretty cool. But but people are gonna think we're talking about me, but it is not me one hundred. No, it's not you. No, definitely not you. A hundred percent. Not Jamie Havikin. We'll you want to see? Home. You want to see what's me? I'll show you what's me. <laughs> hey, don't knock your don't knock your own design, my friend. I saw your design. It was, it was trying. It was there. It you, was. You were it trying. Was, it was trying. Yes, you were. You were definitely trying, trying really hard too. I could see it in there. It was good. It was trying. Yes, it was. All right. Let me see. So yeah, Inception Radio is going to start. I'm not sure, you know, when I'm going to start the first show, but uh, right now I'm just designing the website and getting everything ready, and uh, we'll have it done soon. I think, you know, I'm actually finally getting the 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 ropes on WordPress down. So here is here yeah, here is. I still here, can't. I still can't master WordPress. Uh, you got the link? Yeah, that's my work right there. Look at that, folks. That's me. That's him. I can't, that can't compare to our secret underground guy. Yeah, and he say, he's underground for that reason, because if people knew who he was, 
I mean, we won't be able to get a hold of this guy ever. He'll be too busy. Yeah. I mean, he's good. But what, what I did is I took a picture of my studio here. That's actually where I'm sitting right now with my soundboards. Uh-huh. You know, and I put my Inception radio, and I found a logo, and I just put it on top there. So it's the best I can do. But, yeah, Not that's my work. That, that's my new board right there to the 7. That's the KX Behringer 1100-550. Yeah, that's the one I sent you um, for Christmas, isn't it? Or yeah. did you replace that one already? Uh, no, the one on the left. That's the one you sent me. Ah, oh, yeah, let me uh, let me open the picture back up. That's the digital yeah, analog. That's, that's the, yeah, that's the one I sent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I put it on the card, man. I didn't even look. I just you know said, here, charge for the game. It's Christmas, you know. You're You're one of the homies. That's how we once, do. Once again, uh, callers, call on in, 941-548-4291. 941-548-4291. And we'll be here and uh, willing to chat. We'll be here. Like I said, uh, tell them who we got coming up at midnight. We're going to be here for a while, folks, because at midnight we have Mr. Don E. Smith, Jr., and Robert Heskey. Now, these guys are comic book writers, columnists, and they've written several articles all across the Internet. And uh, they're going to be talking about their new gig, which uh, Don just uh, landed over on Invest Comics, uh, which you can you guys can check them out at investcomics.com. Pretty cool website. They uh, have a ton of different comics on there that they you know display for sale and stuff. And it's pretty cool. He's going to be writing articles for them and actually writing comic books for them. That's a pretty cool gig. I'd love to be able to write a comic book. I actually oh, yeah. have some crazy ideas for comic books. Now, follow me here. I have okay. an idea, okay? Follow on. About this guy. Yeah. And he loses his parents, right, after they're watching a, a theater. They're watching a movie at a theater, and they okay. kill his parents, right? Yep. And uh, to get revenge for the parents' death, he takes on this crazy costume. And oh. he goes and fights as a vigilante, as mm-hmm. you say, and he fights crime. Now, I understand that a lot of folks are going to be like, well, that might be too dark for kids. But no, this is going to be a kid's comic book, and I have an awesome title for it. Are you ready for it? Let's hear it. The Winged Man. Wow. Kind of like the Mothman, but the Winged Man. The Winged Man, yes. And we're going to put him in a, a, a rubber suit kind of thing looking. And, of course, he has to have nipples on the suit. Has to have nipples in the suit. And he's going to be a winged bird of some kind. I don't know. I'm not sure of the bird yet, but he'll be a winged bird-looking thing. Well, think? I mean, huh? I, I know a guy that knows a lot about birds. We could ask his yes, advice. Um, you know, we could always ask his advice on the birds. Let me see if he has anything he'd like to say about that subject. Um, then awful, nasty, awful things. And they go... Wooten, like wood down like that, they go. They swing down like that, and they go yark, and they scare my horsey. And then my horsey, when he got scared, he booted me across the barn because he was angry with the birds. I guess he misunderstood our question, but anyway, we'll have to let I him go. That's that. That's Saul from earlier, right? Saul Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Saul. I guess uh, yeah, someone was getting in the way. One of the birds ate, you know, one of the horse's eyes out or something. I don't know. Well, I doubt this is going to be that kind of bird. I'm, th- I'm talking about a more of a darker creature type of bird. 
a winged animal. Uh, uh, just a mansion, maybe. Yeah, a mansion across between the Jersey Devil, El Chupacabra, oh, the Mothman, yeah. and Bigfoot. The Chupacabra Mothman Foot. The Chupa Bigger Up. There you go. I, I, I'm down with that. The Chupa Bigger Up Foot. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'm going to pitch both ideas. I think I'm going to pitch it to him and see what Invest Comics Don E. Smith says at midnight because if we can get this written, we can become millionaires. <laughs> and if, I've even thought of a cool butler to give. Um, um, um I got to interrupt. Uh, yes. You know, uh, it's, what? What? It's, it's, you've been frozen for a long time. Uh, millionaires is really not that much money in today's society. Well, you know, I was frozen throughout the 80s. I'm much older than I look. I'm actually in my late 80s now. So you might uh, want to... All through the 70s and 80s, I was actually frozen in carbonite. Uh, but, so what, millions of dollars is not a lot of money anymore? What happened no. in the world? You got to say all billions. Right. Billions now. Billions of dollars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let's uh, yeah. let's let's get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd be nice. Nice to dream, anyway. Yeah, it'd be nice. I'll, I'll take the million to start with, and it takes money to make money, you know. Maybe I'll get my rep. Maybe I'll get my reparations someday. Yes. Well, you know, your family, uh, they deserve it. You know, you <laughs> your people went through a lot, Jamie Havikan. Yes, they Your did. people went through a lot. Let's uh, go on a little break and let's meditate and let's uh, thank God that times are changing. 10 4, Yogi. Times are changing. <laughs>
Head. Sorry about the dead air there, guys. Uh, the, the way the system is set up here, we have a couple decks, kind of like a DJ system with, you know, deck A and deck B. And P Brain, Pete Dickerson over here, who's running the boards uh, behind yep. the, the uh, big glass Blast. wall that I have here in front of me in, in my bunker. Pete, he's new, so we got to take it easy on the guy. He forgot to turn the volume up on deck B. So we got to blame this on Pete. Pete, one more outburst like this where we have a mistake on dead air. I'm, I swear I'm going to fire you. You're gone. Well, I'm sorry, Jackal. I didn't mean it. was just an accident. It won't happen again. It better not happen again, Pete. Jackal, we uh, actually have a caller. Caller, area well, code yeah. 987. Um, Are you on the air? Well, uh, who's the caller? Caller, you on the, Jackal, you're, you have a caller. you're on the air. Yes, Pete, I know we have a caller. Down, Pete. Hello? Calm down. Ca caller, welcome to the Jackal's head. How are you doing? Hello, caller. Oh. Uh, hey guys, hey, hey, how you doing tonight? What's your name? Where are you calling from? John Peterson, calling for Oklahoma. Oh, you're John not... Jingaheimer Schmitz Peterson. Close, but John Peterson. This isn't. Oh, okay. Is this, is this the guy that's been stalking you, Jackal? I think it's John Jingaheimer Schmitz Peterson. Okay. He just doesn't want to admit it. Yes, he's the guy who's been oh. stalking me. He's been following me. For months. John, what do you want, man? What's going on? Well, you know, last night I was listening to your show with um, Jason Martell, that uh, guy from California. And yes. um, he did not nice mention guy, one Martell. word about the Anunnaki probing. And I was just wondering uh, why you trying to cover that up and not say anything about the Anunnaki probing. So you're saying you have evidence that the Anunnaki do probe? Uh, yes, I do. Well, here's the thing, uh, my friend, my ill-informed amigo. The problem is that most men are uncomfortable speaking of the probing that goes on by the Anunnaki. It seems the Anunnaki sure. have a fascination with the human rectum. I don't know what it is, but they have a thing for the sphincter. And since they have a thing for the sphincter... Most guys feel kind of uncomfortable going there. I, I'm sure that since you have had your experiences from what I remember us talking about in the past when I was running away, yelling, uh, somebody call the cops, please, uh, he's after me again. Uh, you kept telling me that they wanted to enter you and you wanted to show me how it was done. I don't know if uh, we could continue this kind of conversation, you and I, so we have to set some ground rules and some boundaries, John. Well, you know, what it gave it away when I was trying to get you was a um, a hidden letter dreams with you in it, 
with the aliens holding you yes, down. Yes, John, I understand, but we got to set boundaries and rules, my friend. You can't just run after me when I'm in public in a restroom of all places and start telling me you want to show me what the aliens did to you. Uh, no, they did not do that to me. I, they were strictly showing me what they were going to do to me if I wasn't listening to them. They told me I'm perplexed to All go right. after this jackal mm-hmm. and um, Jasper he used to be in the uh, Miami get, school. Uh, no, hold on, I know that. No, hold on, hold on. Pete, get get Pete, get Jasper on the phone. Pete, can you get Jasper on the phone? Okay, I'll get him. Hold on. Uh, thanks, thought, Pete. Uh, I thought this was Jasper. You know, trying to act like a uh, put some kind of accent Pete, on. Is Jasper? Well, Pete on the is going to verify. Pete is going to verify if Jasper is this gentleman, John. Because I believe John Jingerheimer Schmitz Peterson here is Jasper also. I, I believe that. Pete, were you able to get Jasper on the line? Yeah, I'm still trying. All right, try harder. Yeah, I yeah. am. Try harder. Hey, yo. God, these Hi. New workers, Jose. man. Who's, Jesus. Who's calling my house at these hours? Is this Jasper? Yeah, it's Jasper Pete Peterson. All right, Jasper Pete yeah. Peterson. Jasper okay, uh, J- Jasper, do you have a son named John Jingleheimer Schmitz Peterson? John Jingleheimer Schmitz Peterson. I have no no recollection of this man being my father. Oh, whoa! Now we know for a fact that it's not the same person, guys. You're you're claiming to be my son, boy. No, New Jersey June is my mother, and she is the best woman in the world, and she tells the truth when she says she's talking to the star people. The OnStar people, yes. Hello, boys. Are you there? Hello, boys. No, no. no, If we're going to do Jersey June, you really got to get Jersey June, man. That's just... That's a fallacy to, you know, pretend. Yeah, it is. I think Jasper hung up. He was pretty pissed. We called him at this late of an hour. It's it's 10 o'clock in in Oklahoma, so he's pretty pissed. At least we did prove, though, that Jasper and John are two separate individuals. Not John. Are you going to stop harassing and stalking me or, or is this behavior going to continue I must know I need to know if well, I need to pack heat this is going to continue until the Anunnaki come down and beam you up okay. like Scotty but why and the me John why Enterprise. me but why me they liked your voice oh my god they can why hear you voice? broadcasting way out in the worlds beyond worlds well this show is going out live to, to the, the world. And when we say the world, we mean the universe. The world. And the universe, yeah. Well, that is correct. Eventually, the universe. the universe, yes. Eventually, the universe. But, John, what message did these aliens give you to give to me? I must know, my friend. Was this it a silent message? Be back. What kind of message was this? I think I th- I think he's trying to channel one of the Pleiadians. Oh. One of the Dean Martin. I mean, yeah, one of the Pleiadians. Pla- the Pleiadians. Yeah, I think oh, he's Dean trying Martin. to channel uh, yeah. Buckheimer. I mean, Butchheimer. I mean, Butchheimer. I yeah. mean, My- Michael Horn. Ah, uh, ah, uh, whoa, whoa, Bezium, I guess now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Michael Horn. 
good guy. Um, Great guy. Yeah. I heard you For like his me last to name. Poop on. Herb Horn what? would be a good name. Herb Horn? Herb. No. No. Herb Street. I like that <laughs> name. That's. Uh, that Hep, might Hep be, you know what, and we, it, we, I've told you this a couple times in, in all seriousness, that might be the greatest name a parent has ever given their child. Herb. Herb Street. Hello, this is Art Bell. And Richard Hoagland. No, that's and not even close. Stephen Greer. <laughs> it's a Stephen Greer no, here. Oh. In all the seriousness, we do have a person on the line who's a very special caller who normally is not on the line here on the jackal's head yes and uh, no it's not john jacob jingleheimer schmitz it's mr ufo Tuki. willy willy he has a lot What's of up, ufo willy yes he does he's got more aliases than uh tupac had or than that's Eminem that's, or... that's because the cia is after him Yes, CIA is yes, after are. me, and I've got to use different aliases to cover my own A. Any uh, any any sightings tonight to speak of? Oh, millions upon millions. Um, I took a picture of outside. No, you can drop like raindrops you can, you coming can, down. You can drop your character. Nice. We're for real. No, it was raining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was raining all night tonight. <laughs> no, but I kind of like where you were going there. I took pictures of raindrops and yeah. I like I like where you're going there. <laughs> Look like UFOs just you know, mass sightings of UFOs in the sky. <laughs> now that Jersey June episode is gonna be legendary, man. Um Yeah. That I mean I'm gonna definitely make you know, way for uh for that to be on YouTube in the next couple of days. So that's gonna be on the Jackal's head on YouTube in the next few days. I don't know if I'm gonna put a, a whole video behind it, but I think we I should leave her <laughs> exclusively for the jackal's head. You know, yes. I, I don't. I don't want to bring her on Inception or anything else. And I, I think the jackal's head is. You know, it's our it's show. It's it's <clears throat> it's got the that, perfect yeah. mixture out of all the guest hosts on the ParanormalSoupNetwork dot com. You know, we've pulled together the two best, and you know, I believe that to be the jackal and uh, uh, Dave. I mean, me. And uh, yeah, the the best two uh, guests I believe you guys ever had was Jersey June and uh, who was your last host? Michael Horn or a guest? Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Michael Horn with the Jackal. But that wasn't yes. on the Jackal's head. That was on Florida. No, that was but, on Florida. But the Jackal did call in. Yes, he did. Yes, and I can let you guys hear that too. You know, I can just pull that up and let you hear it if you want to hear it. That was epic. Why didn't you do that? That was okay. epic. It really was. Just give me a minute. I could go for that, actually. I could go for that. Okay. I mean, for one guy that wasn't telling the truth, you know, you really let him have it. (laughs) Dude, I'll tell you what, man. I'm not a debunker by any means. I'm open-minded to everybody's stories. But when I see something that's clear bullshit, I I call it. You know what I mean? That's just my human nature. And, you know, Billy Meyer, God bless him, he's made a buck, I understand. And he's an old man with, with one arm and... He's living in Switzerland, you know, making a nice little money. And who could blame the guy for making money off a bunch of dumb people who buy the, all the stuff that he puts out? But in all honesty, uh, Michael Horn isn't really the best person to have out there, you know, pimping your propaganda because he really doesn't right. now, get did, it right. Did Billy Meyer actually have all these? Uh, uh, did Billy Meyer set it all up, or did his family set it up for him? And maybe he was just a real contactee, but family just blew it way out of proportion. 
No, dude, Billy Meyer, you know what, what happened was to Billy he in Meyer? On all the... was, I think he's in on, on the entire hoax. I think he's the the main guy who hoaxed it. In fact, a lot of people are like, well, how can one man with one arm in Switzerland possibly hoax all these videos? How is that possible? Well, easily. Uh, the guy had fan, family, friends, you know, people who helped him out. They're all making a buck. I'm sure there's a lot of people in his family who's made a nice little living helping him out, you know, with these little hoaxes and the Michael right. Horns of the world who've, you know. Let me let me see. I think I, I think yeah. I think I I'm it. I think I'm in the area here. Just about oh. to have you. This show sounds like shit, though. Well, yeah. There we go. Really, you were challenged a few years ago uh, to prove information or prove enough. that the Billy Myers case is real, and you've never gone back to this person. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen so many evidence of Billy Myers hoaxing things uh, that cannot be explained away with the, with any simple words that it, are the things that are clearly hoaxed. And to answer your, your question earlier, Jamie, um, to be honest with you, you don't need Photoshop to hoax anything that Billy Myers has hoaxed. You give me two weeks, and I will, re- I will pre- reproduce the exact same photographs without ever touching Photoshop. And I'm a Photoshop expert, as you all know, Jamie. I know Photoshop. I'm a web designer. I know film editing. I know all the tricks of the trade. And yeah. I could do this without any Photoshop expertise whatsoever or any use of photoshop it could be done in the 60s and yeah. the 70s it could be done now go ahead i'm, yeah. su- I'm okay. sure you would and in, in, invite that and welcome that for him to, to do that so go ahead sure. Michael. let me yes i think you, you should jack well, um but let me uh, address what you're asking about anthony Wharton. i've been in touch with him as recently as about eight to ten days ago um anthony is a, a nice young oh, british fellow that overestimates his abilities dramatically and made a lot of claims about being able to duplicate the Meyer case. And what I did is I, I was, I thought very nice to him. I said, listen, I invite you to do, you know, take your best shot at it. And, um, and I'll even put links up on my website. I'll, you know, he interviewed me. I've got the interview up on my page. See, Anthony's not in a position to ask for evidence because he has zero. Yes, he is. So, yes, he is. Everybody is in the position to ask for evidence because they're coming out. Trying to sell books, trying to you know indoctrinate people into a cult like thing, which is yeah. a Billy Myers case. I then see. you're going to want to have some kind of evidence that you can um, prove your case. Okay, so finish, can I finish my answer? Yeah, please? no worries. Just let me lay this out because trust me, in the past 31 years, I've been through it more than once or twice. Now, any photograph presented by Anthony Wharton, Phil Langdon, or anybody else, if subjected, and including the ones that you're going to produce within two weeks. When they are analyzed according to the, the same simple protocols that you can find in the photo an- analysis document for free on my site, I don't think I've tried to sell you anything tonight. I'd, I'd like to, it would help. I do all my work for free, by the way, voluntarily, but that's another story. But, however, Anthony Wharton says he wants it to test a piece of metal or this, that. The metal samples were tested at IBM by Marcel Bolt. Now, look, we have... All of that stuff is documented. The photo analysis, your photos, I will guarantee you right now, right now in the air, that no matter how good you can make a model and photograph Michael, it. Michael, when, Michael the, the metal analysis came back as simple alloy samples. No. Yes. Just, and where is the metal? You don't even have the metals, Michael. Let Michael, me, look, nobody right? has the metal. They've disappeared into the thin air. How ironic that the only evidence that he does have, which no. is concrete, no. concrete evidence, disappears. Mm-hmm. Let me try and answer you because 
it's a bit inaccurate. First of all, there's free evidence on my website in the form of physical evidence, which are the sound recordings that Maya made on four occasions in front of as many as 17 people, and I visited the location, the main location where he recorded in the presence of an undercover policeman and people who came from as far as 4.2 kilometers away because the yes, I understand so I understand your circle talking beautifully right now Michael but the simple fact is all these things you're saying don't prove anything I want um, the hard evidence you get the circle talk give me the hard evidence you have you're uh, you're not apparently with all due respect you don't understand either evidence or facts now here's here's something else over an eight give me names. You tell me a police officer, but give me names. Give me something to go by. Wendell Stevens, Lieutenant Colonel, retired U.S. Air Force. Lee and Britt Elders, who are the owners of Intercept, a very high-level electronic counter-espionage company who are skeptics, formed the core of an investigative team that spent a total of over eight years on their own dime. Their investigation was supplemented independently by a man named Gary Kinder, who wrote a book called Light Years. He was a skeptic. Between these people, they interviewed over 30 witnesses, the pe they interviewed the people who owned the camera shop. Who were the witnesses they were interviewed? I can make up any kind of data and tell you well, I interviewed 55 people and I proved that I'm from the planet uh, Neptune. And, you know, I interviewed 55 people who can prove the thing. I have psychic Listen, dreams. You can tell me a lot of things. But what are the names of these individuals, Michael? Bible? Excuse me. You know, they, there's a whole page with about 25 of them that's linked from my website on James Deardorff's site. They have real names, they're real people. I've interviewed uh, 25 of them myself. They live in Switzerland, Austria, Germany, Italy. They're real people because you don't know them, because you've never been there, because you haven't, as friends of mine as recently as last May, have watched Meyer interacting with the disks above the property, sober people, two Austrian physicists, an Australian woman. I know them. What, what are the names of these Australian physicists? I will, I will pay for the call myself, and I will contact these people. I want to prove that this is real because... Guys, had enough yet? Yeah, that is an awesome call by that uh, gentleman called the Jackal. Yep, and you guys can listen to it in its entirety by going to floridaufo.planetparanormal.com. Yes, you can. And you know what? You know, it's funny listening to that. I you, I go back and I I find it even funnier when I told him that he circle talks beautifully because he really does. Yeah. Circle talk beautifully. I mean, it, it, he's a master at it, dude. And the best part is when he starts giving out, you know, empty data like, well, you know, a certain person and this other person saw Mike, you know, Billy Myers do this. And then yeah. well, a friend of mine was over there when, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but I can make that stuff up also on radio and people would believe it. You know, that that's not evidence. You know, when people claim stuff like that as evidence, that's not evidence, guys. That's no evidence whatsoever. That's empty data evidence. That's what that is. And especially when we start talking about the recordings. What recordings? I mean, what audio recording could possibly prove that's an alien? Some weird sound. Yeah, that proves that's an alien. That that that's an alien, right? That proves that's an alien because it's he has a recording of something going. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's let's be serious, guys. Let's be honest here. I believe in aliens more than anybody on the planet because I know for a fact that they're out there. But they do not need Billy Meyer or Michael Horn or George. You want to you want to hear it? And books. This is the this is the alien beam ship. 
That is the alien beam ship. That so sounds like sounds something like out of Star Trek. Or it sounds like sounds uh, like you know, when you got your your microphone too close to your speaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was listening to something like that on free sound clips yeah. earlier today. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the same ones. Uh you go to theyfly.com down on the right, you got all different UFO proof and evidence. You got the photos, the movies, and the sound recordings. The Billy Meyer hoax exposed part one. Wow, he even posts this on his own website. You got to give him <laughs> balls for hanging in there, though. I mean, most guests would hang up, especially what other hosts have put him through. But uh, he has videos, yeah. the wedding cake ship, the photo gallery, the movie footage, the sounds, uh, scientific analysis, Whoa. and all kinds of stuff on here. It's definitely Jamie, a good. Believe you me, believe you me. He this is not the first time he's ever had somebody call in and tear oh, him I know. an asshole on live air. I, know. I mean, I know. he's he's used to being torn, you know, on you yes. asshole on air. I'm sure on he is. Air, I'm sure, but that's not being, that's not the point here. But uh, I'm sure he's really used to this kind of behavior when he does the show because you know a lot of people smell the bull and you know they they'll call it when they smell it. And uh, of course, there's one you know really uh, pretty well known, I guess on. Uh, on a channel on Shotcast that has 16 people on it sometimes. Uh, he's pretty well known, and he was on his show a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He let him have it pretty good. Yes, he you know did. What I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the guy with the six listeners, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, he let him have it pretty good, and, you know, that's... Uh, I still applaud that, because, honestly, I mean, let's let's be honest here, guys. Audio clips, that's your evidence? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the evidence. 99% you know, this is, of the this claims is when that it, UFO sightings don't have any sound clips to them. Everybody says they're silent. Yeah. 99% not only, of them. Not, not only that, look, when somebody comes out and they have some kind of a fantastic tale like this, and, they, and you know they're trying to sell items because of it, and they're complete hoaxers, the one thing they're going to try to do is to create evidence, they're going to try to create the evidence that you either can't debunk because it's so weird or it's so out there that you know there's no way to prove one way or the other and audio clips is no way to prove one way or the other really because it's just a piece of audio but that's not real hard evidence because it doesn't prove anything anybody could create that same audio clip with and you even said it, it sounds like a speaker with a microphone next to it yeah anybody could create this kind of audio so that's not evidence you want evidence hell get me a strand of the hair of the aliens yeah that'll prove dna uh, get me, I don't know, uh, you know what, cut them, get some blood off of the aliens, that's DNA evidence. You know, get me something hard and concrete. You take some real footage of the ship landing. You know what? The thing uh, opening up, the aliens walking out, something that it really would take Hollywood production to do. Not a, just we, a little ship hanging in the sky, waving back and forth on a string. Uh, speaking you know, speaking of this, um, I booked a guest that, that, that may be controversial. He's coming up here. Um, the early part of August. His name's David Eckhart. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of his story or not, Jackal, but uh, he, he's kind of saying that he's had alien contact since he was 18 and, you know, that they've actually brought him up in the ships, that they carry him, that he sees them all around his house. But this guy, this guy has uh, amazing photos. Now, I don't know if these photos can be duplicated by layering or these videos or what but mostly if you go there on that one there's a photo if you scroll down on the link i just put in scroll down there's a there's a couple drawings you know of some like alien language and then there's a stargate 
Then there's one photo, and you see a little crop section, and that crop section's below. He said that he was sitting there, and one day he took the cellophane off his cigarettes, and it started floating around the room. So he figured that these beings were in there, but that they were invisible. So he got a fog machine, or a smoke machine, and he started it up, and he took a, cam- uh, a snapshot, and you can see what he caught. I'll, I'll get the exact image link into the chat room. This is the exact image of what he caught. It looks like a gray yeah, animal's uh, head. That, that uh, last link didn't work too well for me, but... Uh... All right, let's see if that let's one works. See. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's try clicking on this one. Image. Yeah. Now, that, he says... Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of photos with faces in them, and they're crazy. I mean, he's got at least a dozen uh, photos with faces. Some of them have three to four faces on them at once. And this is a Florida, an actual Florida case. He lives in Gulf Breeze, of all places. And I have all of his information to go over for the show. And uh, we're going to have him on, and I definitely want to be doing some research into his case and all of his photos to, uh, you know, let me show you a couple more if I can find it. He actually caught a reptilian in his house, too. He took a photo of that. That was kind of creepy. Yeah, they were going to use this guy, what, on that um, true yeah, or fact show? Fact or fake. So what, is, what does he think fake. that he's capturing here? Does he think that uh, with this trick with the cigarettes, he's able to somehow take a picture that shows a being that's... Yeah, he Is says the naked eye. He says that they can come forward uh in full mass if they want to, but that they, you know, walk around like that, but with the smoke machine, here's another image. With the smoke machine, he's able to see him. I mean, this guy, let me put another one in there. This this guy has uh, you know, dozens and dozens of photos with different uh links on there, and it's David Eckert, and he he, he actually called me cuz uh, he doesn't do too many interviews, and uh, Profundity actually suggested I try to get him. And, mm. you know, I, I talked to him, and he's got video of what looks like to be an, an a little alien gray peeking into his room. He's got photos of strange lights and, and orbs going around his room with an alien in the in the corner ceiling. He's got photos of, let me show you this photo he took. Also got a tons of video. He took a photo. I mean, honestly, he, he, none of this, none of this uh, is anything that cannot be done on Photoshop. Yeah, here's, uh, because it can. But here's one. He says, if you take a picture in stainless steel, that in the reflection, you'll get that you can pick them up. But if you took the picture without reflecting it off stainless steel, you wouldn't get it. There's one, and here's another one. This one here, I'm about to put in. He said, "Is the rept- reptilian walking in the room?" And he did zoom in on it in one photo, but and it does look like a reptilian. Uh, yeah. I don't see a re- where. Which one? Let's see. The last one that I gave you. Okay. One has an alien in the top corner, left corner. The last one I linked. You can see like this reptilian-looking lizard man entering the room in the middle of the ball, walking yeah, in. Yeah, but that. That could be a trick of shadow, and that yeah, could be I know, anything. I know. I mean, that exactly. Could be, this is just a trick of lighting. That's all this. Is. This is like Emily Craig. Remember Emily Craig, who was a, a guest on Skywatchers and brought a bunch of pictures 
of supposed aliens yeah, living on, on Mars, Mars and aliens yeah. living yeah. on the moon. And then it was nothing but like a stain on the glass. And she's like, well, don't you see the alien being right there? And it was a stain yeah. in the freaking glass of the back of the, the Apollo thing. I mean, uh, look, people are going to see faces where they want to see faces. People are going to see beings where they want to be when they want to see beings. That's just you know your brain giving you that. Uh, what's the the term I'm thinking about here? It's it's giving you that it's pattern recognition. Right, pattern recognition. That's exactly it. Pattern recognition that you know it happens all the time. When you look at clouds, for example, Matrix what happens? Yep. You see you faces. See. You see all kinds of different objects. Pattern recognition happens all the time. I mean. You can look at several parts of this planet, and then just look at the mountains, and you're going to see faces. This guy has videos, too, a ton of them. And, you know, I really don't now, know. Now, if what he has videos that you can see a being walking in the video, that's different. But a picture, yeah, that's especially what I something po- like this, this doesn't really convince me. I mean, this is. Uh, the video you know? I just posted shows a gray uh, walking into his room, and NBC bought the rights to the video to use it on that new show, Fact or Faked. Um and and they damn they you in the YouTube well. link, link it on the Skype here because I can't click on it on uh, oh yeah there. yeah all right here we go booyah booyaka all right let's see this small alien caught on camera in Florida couple by Florida couple all right yep let me see I'm gonna play it too. You know, and in the in the show, they said, "Oh, that could be a kid." So, and which it could be. What what you're seeing is them two laying in bed. They're sleeping in the middle of the night, and they let their camera run, and they caught this right. little alien thing peeping in the in the room in the corner. You can see its skinny leg, or you know, but somebody could have a broomstick or could be holding an air dummy and, and looking around the corner with that thing. It never actually walks fully into the room. It's just like peeking in on them, and then it leaves. Yeah, this has uh, shades of Stan Romanek written all over it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see the little alien stick figure thing just standing there, but it's not doing anything impressive. It's not like it's moving around. and I mean, if that's the best evidence for aliens that we have. I might start becoming a skeptic, because, honestly, people. It's funny, I was watching a YouTube video somebody had posted as an authentic 100% proof of aliens. And when I clicked on it, it showed the clip from the movie Signs. Remember the scene that the aliens are in the city, and they're walking in the town, and the kids are all looking through a little, um, like a little hallway, and the alien walks between the hallway? That was the clip. I was like, are you serious? That's the best you could do? Uh, speaking of that, Jamie, I was going to get um, see if I could borrow your um, software uh, project stuff so I can uh, record some more movie stuff and put them on the internet and say, "Oh my God, this is a true clip." Now and there was like, one uh, clip that is pretty uh, pretty interesting. Did you ever see the unknown creature grabs the kids down in Mexico? Have you guys seen that? Is that the one with the uh, cell phone? That's the one with the cell the phone. Other... Yeah, the kid records it with a cell phone, and uh, as he's, you know, there's like a bunch of kids just uh, playing. They're playing soccer, I believe. And uh, as they're, you know, playing, the ball 
goes pretty far away from them. They go, you know, the, one of the kids runs to get it, and uh, as he's going to pick up the ball, like this arm just comes out of nowhere and tries to grab the kid. I believe the great yeah, Jamie Mosan actually uh, did a report on that. I think we lost Jamie there, by the way. Speaking of Jamie's, no, I'm here. Oh, I've just been talking. Oh. I've just been talking with my volume down. I didn't realize it was down. Ah, well, it happens. I don't know how long yeah, I've been doing I'm gonna, it, but I'm gonna post here, the, here, You've been silent for a good uh, three minutes now. <laughs> here's a UFO landing caught on tape. Nice, and, but but I won't tell you where it's from. You'll probably know where it's from, but. Let me, well, I just uh, posted the link on uh, on the uh, chat room here for the video I was telling you guys about about the yeah. aliens grabbing the kids down in Mexico. This this landing here is from the Lake County abductions. Have you ever watched that ten part series? Can't say I have. No. I uh, yes, I have. Yeah, Dave has. I can gladly say I actually watched one because uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I told them I. It was really, really compelling. I mean, it's called Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County. And it's like a 10-part. It's like just over an hour, and it shows a family at Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, the power goes out, so the guys go outside to investigate. You know, the little girls filming Thanksgiving, and they see that that video I just linked. They see that landing, and they're sitting there looking at it. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. I mean, that's compelling, but... It, yeah, uh, but this is, this is debunked already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first time yeah, I saw it, I was I was pretty impressed. It was a good uh, because what happened? Yeah, the, the true story behind it is some guy got it in the mail, like some UFO researcher got it and watched it and was like, "Oh, you know, this is a hoax." So he saved it for two years to see if it popped up anywhere else, and it never popped up. So he's like, "Huh?" So he started wondering, and he posted it online and. Uh, you know, if a whole family goes missing, somebody's going to know about it. Like, oh, a whole family oh, just disappears. You know, I mean, it might take a few days, you know, for somebody to come knocking at the door. But eventually somebody's going to be like, hey, where the hell did they go? You know, speaking about that, I want to I want to talk real quick about that, that uh, bridge cover up that I, okay. I targeted. Uh, I talked about the other day. Um, let me see if this is it here. Bridge cover-up. Well, yeah, it says right here. That. It says it says an anonymous man has posted two videos on YouTube claiming that the western suburb of South England, Eglin, E L G I N, is the site England? of an extra Eglin, E L G I N, is the site of an extraterrestrial okay. cover-up. The Mulder Jr. says that a construction area is home of a UFO conspiracy of epic proportions and that local and nice. national officials are using a bridge being built over the Fox River to hide evidence of a UFO landing. And there's actually a video with some audio um, about this. There's this guy and he... It's only... It's a short video. It's a three-minute video and it it tells the story. The, the guy, it, it tells his theory. I don't know if you'd be able to play it and people would be able to hear it, but um, check this video I, out. I, I found a video that shows a supposed picture of the Roswell crashed ship. Hmm. 
Alright. It shows what it definitely is Photoshop though. I mean this is without a doubt Photoshop, but it's pretty funny. Check that out. Oh wow. It's funny because you see the little alien, that's the same alien from the alien autopsy. Yeah. You see him on the right the right there. So yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a fake. <laughs> Even though I do believe that in Roswell there was a UFO they crashed. But I am becoming more and more of a believer that it wasn't an alien spaceship. Yes, that's right. I uh, said it live on my show. You know, I, I think it was... I don't know. I, I, I do think that there is a possibility it was extraterrestrial, but that I don't think there may have been humans aboard. Just like we send unmanned flights to, you know, all over our galaxy or at least our solar system. Um, you know, maybe a, a far-off planet sent in one like theirs and it crash landed you know i don't think you know that they got bodies, I, I'm open, but I, I'm there's a lot of to evidence behind it. yeah i'm i'm open minded to the possibility but the the reason i say that i believe and i'm starting to believe more and more that roswell while it was a ship that crashed and i completely believe it was it wasn't an alien spacecraft. The reason I believe that is because I really believe that what crashed was one of the secret ships that Werner von Braun and a lot of the German scientists were yeah. working on. They were yep. working on flying saucers back in Nazi era, in the Nazi era. Ooh. And when, I'm of watching. course, you know, when we took over, you know, Nazi Germany, when we beat the Germans and we beat the Nazis, guess what happened? A lot of their scientists came over to America. And joined up. So, where do you think that technology went, boys and girls? And of oh, course, yeah. Came right here. Roswell, New Mexico is not that far <laughs> from Area 51. Yep. And this video here that I'm watching, I'm sure everybody has seen it. It's the old UFO that comes down and hits the ground, skips up. It's almost plasma oh, yes, looking yeah. like the one I've seen. And it skips up and it comes back down. I don't know what that was. Oh, yeah. Maybe like a missile test or something. And it explodes in pieces. What about that UFO that was falling and it landed straight into the ground? And then right at the end, they oh. said there's something moving in it. I forgot yeah, which. Yeah, uh, that was a. I remember that was military that. Yeah, that was or what? I think I have it right here. So uh, UFO, UFO, yeah. UFO crash footage. That's what it's titled. Let me see if this is it. Tell me if this is it, guys. I'm looking at it right now to see. It's about a two-minute and thirty-second video. It just shows something falling. It's falling. It's getting bigger. But, you know, these could be rocket boosters. You know, a a almost anything. This thing looks triangular in shape with a rounded edges on it, but it's just tumbling out of out of control. Yeah. Falling, falling. I mean, it, I'll tell you what, though. If, if it's falling from outer space and it fell that far down, if it's some kind of a ship or some kind of a I don't know. Oh wow! It's, it's getting, you can actually see more detail to it now. Yeah, no, it, it's actually saucer shape. It looks like a freaking flying saucer. It really does. Now, if this thing is tumbling from space and it hits the ground at that kind of speed, there's yeah, no way that it's something we, no. something we would have made would have been destroyed. It yeah. would just been you know in pieces. This thing isn't broken in pieces. This thing is pretty damn hard because it hits the ground at a very fast. Uh, pace there, as you can see, and it doesn't break oh, wow. into tiny little pieces. I've never seen this video, and it's showing like something crawling out, or yeah, that, that that's weird. Yeah, something traveling. I think free fall speed 
of an object is what a hundred and around one hundred fifty miles an hour. But if it's traveling in, it could be traveling in at seventeen thousand miles an hour because that's under its own mm-hmm. propulsion as it enters the atmosphere. So something like that. Usually, um, you know, if you dropped uh, an object like that off the Empire State Building, it would, you know, go thirty feet underground probably. But that's that's what's weird about that one. I'm gonna favorite that one. Matter of fact. Yeah, that's a very interesting video. I've never seen any other reports uh, about this video. There is movement. Now, it could be movement in the ship, or it could be maybe just sparks going off or something that kind of looks like movement from this angle. Uh, it could be a you know, number of things, but it does look like there's some kind of movement in there. So, that's interesting in itself. Because, say, it isn't an alien ship. It's, you know, one of ours that we've built, and it crashed, and people were there, and they got hurt. We've never heard about it. No. Why hasn't this been on the news? I am a I am a I am a Nigerian. Yeah. Yeah. That's my new song. Nigerian. Doesn't work right without the video though. It's, you know, it kind of throws people off a little bit, I think. Yeah, definitely does. Hey guys, in about a little bit under 20 minutes here, we're gonna have uh, Mr. Don E. Smith and Robert Heskey on the show. Coming up here on Tenacity Radio, if I could connect tonight, that would be nice. Yeah. Let's let's hope that happens. Um, yeah, I'll, that'd be great. I got that three-minute so audio for that. So, which one? Yeah. Well, the one about the guy talking about the cover-up of the bridge. We can play too if uh, maybe we can come back from break or something. Yeah, do that, and after that's over, we'll go on a little break, and then we'll come back and All right. warm the well, crowd up. Let's start it. Here it goes. Go for it, brother. Brother. The state of Illinois may be hiding a secret of extraterrestrial proportion. From Boy Scout troops to seniors, John Dewar Woods has long been a gathering spot for many activities. It is also a juncture point for the famous Fox River Trail, a favorite for bikers and hikers. But recently, this area has become an issue of UFO controversy. Since 2009, John Dewar Forest Preserve has been the site of an elaborate road and bridge construction operation. The original plan called for an extension of Stearns Road to extend completely over the Fox River and over the Fox River Trail. It was to end at McLean Avenue. Is it possible that the area was used as a temporary base for UFO activity? Standard government protocol dictates that any UFO landing site be quarantined to a distance which prevents ordinary citizens visual access to the site. When construction originally began, the path was blocked only at the edges of the construction site. Then, in 2010, both the north and south barricades were mysteriously moved back, creating a radius around the site more than a mile long. Also, strangely enough, The barricades were moved after the easternmost shoreline had been extended into the river. The extension was just large enough to be used as a landing spot for vehicles with vertical takeoff and landing capabilities. On the other side of the river, there was a flat stretch of land that could be used as an observation area for high-ranking government officials with classified access to the project. Likewise, as government protocol dictates, the area's trees and low-profile made it difficult for people to witness the site from the roads and from their homes. 
Is it also possible that the lights from the construction site were used to cover up lights of UFOs that may have been operating in the area? It would seem likely on many levels. If a person looks to the east while standing on the bridge near the main lot, they can see a storage site on the other side, just large enough to house a small craft. Is this where the unidentified craft were stored? Those who are thinking of investigating the area may want to reconsider. Since the restricted area has been extended, state and local authorities have gone as far as to employ portable surveillance technology to protect the area. The surveillance technology is well camouflaged and moved from time to time to prevent detection. Witnesses have claimed that dozens of people attempting to venture into the area have been issued citations and told to leave by local authorities. As with all construction sites, this area of Fox Valley Trail will eventually reopen to the public. But before it does, it is almost certain that the area will be wiped clean of any extraterrestrial events which may have unfolded here. All right, that was it. Interesting. Very, yes. very interesting. I dropped and the now, link in there for people to learn more, so uh, yeah, take it over. Let's go to break. Now we go on break. <laughs> Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. Oh boy, oh boy. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal's head on ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. This is Cyanide, and I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. I'm Jeremiah Greer from Shadows in the Dark Radio, and I am now a voice inside the Jackal's Head. Ah, this is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the Jackal's Head. This is Heavenly Angel, and I'm trapped in the jackal's head. What do you mean? Flash Gordon approach. 
This is the Oz Man, one of the voices in the Jackal Hill. Dispatch War Rocket Ajax to bring back his body. This is Jamie Havikin, and I cannot escape a jackal's head. I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. And that was Lloyd Pye. <laughs> it's me again. Jamie Avakin for FloridaUFORadio.com. If you haven't done so already, please come on over to FloridaUFORadio.com and sign up with us. You can become a member, post blogs, post videos, and post in our forum. Best of all, you can interact with other members and be a part of Florida UFO Radio every week. It's a great and growing site, and I would like for you to be a part of it. FloridaUFORadio.com is your place. Come on over. We have 24-hour live UFO talk radio. Hope to see you there, folks. This is Jamie Havikin, and I'm out of here. Live for the last Bebo. ten minutes. For the last ten minutes of this first half of the show tonight. That's right. That's right, folks. That's only the first half because we have two more hours. Count them: one, two, two more hours of show for you tonight. We have Don E. Smith. I know you guys are probably saying who. Well, he's Don a comic Qu- book writer. Don Quixote. No. Yes, and he's a comic book writer for. Investcomics.com, really cool guy, and he's going to be on the show with Robert Heskey, who's another columnist for Investcomics.com. I'm, like I said earlier, kind of a comic book nerd, so kind of look forward to see what these guys are going to put together for Invest Comics. And that's starting in about, oh, 10 minutos. We'll have that show underway on TenacityRadio.com. Very nice. Have fun, my friend. You know, you like how I rolled my R's there with that radio. Yes. Yes, indeed. But I want to—I do want to say I want to thank everybody who's joining us on the PSN network. Our good friend over here, Osmosis Radicus, Osmosis Radicus. That's how you pronounce Osmosis Radicus. He's joining us here tonight, of course. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hitchhiking. Yep. Galaxy guy. And, He's cool. Uh, good guy. Terry London. Thank you, Terry. All right. And Beautiful everybody. Willie. Yep. And everybody on our stream that's tuning in on the Paranormal Soup Network's Shoutcast stream going out around the world. And when Don't he says the world, the universe. I mean the, the world. The world. 
and the universe. The universe. And the universe. Now, are, are we going to uh, do that thing we were talking about here uh, for the last 10 minutes? We were talking about during the break. You know, P51. Oh, 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 if you want to. I mean, but... Yeah, go uh, for it. Well, no, I'm not giving what? him my number. <laughs> I can't say to blame you. Well, I ain't giving him my up. number. Now nah, you know what? Screw it. It's not even worth it. We only have a few minutes left anyway, so... Uh, why bother? He was you know the guy I mean? in our chat before, right? Yes, he at? was. Okay. You have a good memory. Yeah. That's okay. not one of those you want to remember, though. But yeah, he was in the chat. Well, we'd just be given ratings anyway. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, either way, that's on a different network altogether. So yeah, that might be a well, bad idea. Legally, let's just, you feel me? Let's just, yeah, let's just, uh, let me, let me take my chance to let everybody yeah. know what's coming up this week on Florida UFO Radio real quick. So, you know, uh, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, I welcome scientific researcher Michael Murphy. He'll join us on Florida UFOs to talk about chemtrails and his research on them. Uh, he has gone all around the planet taking air and soil samples, including both poles. The world. So he's going to be on to talk about chemtrails, what they truly are. We're going to learn about, uh, you know, atmospheric science and how the atmosphere plays uh, tricks and stuff with satellites and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, get down to chemtrails. What are chemtrails? Are they real? Are they fake? Are they just contrails or are they chemtrails? And then uh, Friday, I have Yap Vanetti coming on. He's a expert on crystal skulls and all work like it. So that's what we have coming up this week on Florida UFO Radio, Tuesday and Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Paranormal Soup Network's live stream. That should be interesting. I'm into uh, the whole chemtrail phenomenon myself. What, what do you think, your personal opinion, what do you think these like, chemtrails are? You know, there's there's proof that they, you know, they definitely do use chemtrails for cloud seeding. They've been doing that for a long time, and this this yep. stems from. But what are they putting in there? That's my question. You know, what yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, you know, we we get down here, we get the mosquito chemtrails because they kill the mosquitoes. But uh, you know, they could be putting out uh, chemicals that that hit the ground and seep into our water system. That's a uh, one theory. Um, another theory is, you know, um, airborne biological agents that could infest a whole community with a certain type of cancer or disease or something like that. You know, I mean, it's it's very strange. There, there definitely is. You know, planes do create contrails, but some of these chemtrails I've seen, I've actually photographed uh, right here in Florida, are even crazy. I mean, you got dozens of them in the sky at one time crisscrossing each other in very very wide and strange uh donut chemtrails which are said to come from scram jets and we'll and see it's just not just not two streaks that come out of the uh jets yeah. the, uh, it's like you can actually see four on each side come out of the jet and it's really funky on some of them Yep, so we'll see. I don't know. I really don't, you know, I know the government, this world is going to have an overpopulation problem. It already does. There's too many people on this planet. 
you think? And yeah, I, I don't think I know. I think there should probably be about two billion people for the whole Earth. That would be a comfortable level. That way, we'd be able to uh, not deplete our resources. We might actually be able to use our resources as fast as the Earth replenishes them. But now that we're you know approaching seven billion people. And in 2050, we'll be up to 13 billion. I mean, just imagine that. Just imagine double the amount of people where you are right now. Imagine New York City with double the amount of people. Imagine my small town. My small town would be like Miami, you know, or like where I grew up. These government officials use these states as like uh, dart dart practice. Well, you know, you know, back Florida. Basically, what's going to happen though? Jamie, what's going to happen basically though is, I mean, you just hit it right on the head there. A lot of the little areas that don't have a lot of population in them are going to, you know, become cities, yep. big cities yep. now, you know, with a lot of people on them. And, you know, that's just uh, the way it is. I mean, you know, what do you want to do? Start shooting people so we can do some population control? Well, yeah. you kind of got wars for that already. They're taking mm-hmm. care of, you know, killing a lot of folks. What mm-hmm. other forms of population control? Well, the, the climate is doing that also with the hurricanes and the storms and all the other nonsense that's going on. Well, so. Even even America. What else could we do? There's even been American conspiracies like AIDS. AIDS. Some people think AIDS was invented to kill uh, gays and you know drug users. Uh, That's just another theory. Kills gays dead. And and there's got to be something behind the United States with all the FEMA coffins. And there's just I mean we're like on the tip of a, a a huge. Catastrophic something. We know it's hey, on. Hey, the hey, 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 hey! No tip touching on my show, my friend. We know there's we something coming, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, tip touching and coming. Good job. Hi, this is Randall Keller, author of Voices from Forever, and now I'm a voice inside the jackal tent. My name is Kevin D. Randall, retired lieutenant colonel, and I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. This is Paul Dale Roberts, and I'm a 14 investigator, and guess what? I'm in the jackal's head. This is Andrew Peer, and now I am a voice in the jackal's head. I am Sherry Whitfield, and now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head. <laughs> Greetings, Earthling. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayadai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the Jackal's Head on ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. Is the world coming to an end in 2012? Have aliens visited the Earth? Do ghosts haunt the living? Is time travel possible? Is there a government conspiracy to keep the dark truth hidden? Former Yahoo executive and lifelong student of the secret and suppressed Jesse Randolph asks the tough questions to bridge the gap between corporate America and new science. There are astronauts, and then there are euphonauts. Join Jesse Randolph in the truth journey, Saturday night, 9 to 10 on KPAM 860. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. 
And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Welcome. Come check out Future Theater Radio, hosted by the wonderful Bill and Nancy Burns. If the name sounds familiar, that's because Bill Burns was the host of UFO Hunters on the History Channel, and Nancy Burns runs UFO Magazine at ufomag.com. They started up a new show called Future Theater, and I gotta say, they are doing some amazing shows there. Fantastic interviews and just great information that they are getting out to the people. Their shows air live every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can tune in by going to futuretheater.com. All their past shows are there in the archives, so you got some catching up to do. Future Theater Radio is going to be the next big thing in paranormal and UFO radio. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to be with them from the start. I'm Jamie Havikin for Future Theater Radio. Take care and keep your eyes on the sky. You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. Raise your hands up You are listening to. There's one secret question you can't ask. If they know the answer to this question, then they're definitely aliens. They have to tell you in detail what these ingredients are for the secret sauce in the Gordita Crunch yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. Only the aliens and the folks at Taco Bell know the secret ingredients for the secret sauce on the Gordita Crunch. The Jackal and his co-host. There is a way to test if these are real aliens. Next time it happens, ask them to give you something to prove that they know something that's not out yet, like... Stan Romanek, they gave him uh, mathematical equations and elements that weren't discovered for a couple of years. Ask them to tell you something that's going to be developed next year, and uh, if it comes true, then they really are aliens. If not, then you're probably having sleep paralysis. If you wake up and you're in bed, then and, and you're probably sleep paralysis. Jamie Havikin, and now we're coming for all of you. Radio, and I am now a voice in 
Stephen Jacobson, and I'm now a voice in the jackal's head. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. The Jackal's Head, only on Tenacity Radio and the Paranormal Soup Network. All right, everybody, we're back live on Tenacity Radio and the Paranormal Soup Network here on the Jackal's Head. Now, our guests of the evening, Mr. Don E. Smith Jr. and Mr. Robert Heskey, are both on the line with me. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having us on. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. The missus is in the other room asleep, and I'm standing here drinking coffee. <laughs> good, good for you, Don. I wish, I wish I was having coffee. Hey, it's great to be on the show. Yes. Thanks, Jackal. Appreciate it. No, it's a complete honor having you folks on the show here. Now, me and Don, of course, we've spoken in the past, and you know, we know, you know, we know each other a little bit. But uh, you know, it's an honor having both of you guys on. I'm a big comic book fan, and I like having folks that are involved in the comic book world on the show. So it's you know awesome having you guys on. Uh, so thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Oh, no pleasure. Um, now, real quick, can I just go ahead? Uh, I just wanted to get one thing out of the way. First of all, I wanted to announce that um, Hesky Horror. We are doing a remake of Gilligan's Island. That we are oh man! And here I went on a tyrant or a rant a little bit ago uh, about you know how Hollywood makes too many remakes. Well, you know what? I'm going to put my support on Gilligan's Island. How's that? <laughs> okay. That However, um, real quick, I just want to say one thing. Um, about a year ago, uh, in October of 2008, I'm going to be just slightly personal, and then I promise I'm just going to get in and be irreverent and obnoxious to everybody. If I've offended every people, group, and religion by the end of this, I will consider this a good night. Um, That's the dawn that I know. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, um, I wanted to simply say, about two, um, about in October 2008, I lost my job, and two really cool things happened afterwards. I got introduced to uh, Cosmic Book News, which introduced me to Robert, which allowed me to now write for Invest Comics. The second thing that was really cool was um, I had the chance I became a fan of Shadows in the Dark. And I can't even begin to tell you just what an impact Jeremiah Greer has had on both my personal and professional career. And uh, some of my closest friends came about because I had never heard of blog talk radio before that. And um, right at the end of his show tonight on um, Shadows in the Dark, he was talking about Mysteries Magazine. And uh, Mysteries Magazine is a wonderful, wonderful magazine. Some very fine people have been a part of it. Uh, Robert Schneck, uh, um, author of The President's Vampire. Uh, recently, Katie Boyd, Becca Boyd, two very wonderful, wonderful um, 
people that work in the paranoia and absolutely wonderful writers, and I've bought two of Katie's books. But, um, and I've also had a chance to contribute a little bit to Mysteries Magazine, but I just want to encourage the people listening, because I know that we're on a slew of other networks besides Tenacity, and I know that you have a lot of people listening to the Jackal's Head. Mysteries Magazine is a wonderful, wonderful magazine, and uh, it is really worth the people's time and patience and financial support. And I just want to encourage people to come to tenacityradio.com, follow the links to Shadows in the Dark, and they'll find the Mysteries Magazine site. And I, like I said, Jeremiah has been someone that, that he has just poured his heart and soul into this, and he has just done an amazing job. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have I don't know if I would, I, I can almost guarantee that I would not be a guest on the Jackal Show tonight had it not been for him and uh, Shadows in the Dark and Shadows Media and Mysteries and Tenacity. So I just wanted to get that out right at the beginning. Thanks so much. Ex- extremely well said, I must say. I mean, that I completely concur with everything he just said. Mysteries Magazine is a, a great publication. Jeremiah Greer is one of my heroes in talk radio. He really is. I mean, I, I told him that to his face or his ear. But he is a really cool guy, and thank you for saying that, man. That was really cool of you. Oh, okay. Um, I'm being told people can't hear me. Yes, and you're... you're... Way too... I cranked uh, the, the audio when you were talking there. I cranked it up, and I muted myself so they could hear you a little bit better. But I didn't want to stop you. You were on a nice roll there, and you were saying some really cool stuff. Uh, so I can fix that later. But, yeah, you need to pump up your audio just a little bit, my friend. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, you know what? Let me do this. Hold on. How's this? Is this better? Slightly. Robert, what do you think? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a little better. It's good. Can you hear me okay? No, you sound crystal clear. I mean, I, we could hear you perfect. But, yeah, Don is still a little bit low. Is there any way you can get a little closer to the, to the phone there? Can I don't know, make... Yeah, how's this? I, I apologize about that. And I have that wonderful thing I was saying about Jeremiah, too. So, Well, there you go. I will fix that in the uh, for the archives later, and I'll pump that audio up, and everybody will hear it in the archives, because it was really well said. And thank you for saying that, because you know what? A lot of folks don't give credit where credit is due a lot of times, and Jeremiah does deserve a lot of credit for the work he's put in uh, to not only you know the Mysteries Magazine, but his network here on Tenacity Radio. Uh, which is a fantastic network that he's putting together. So uh, he definitely deserves credit where credit is due, I think. So thank you for saying thank that. You. appreciate thank that. You. Now, tell me a little bit about Invest Comics, because I had not heard about Invest Comics until recently, and it looks like a really, really cool place. So let's go right into what Invest Comics is. Uh, either one of you guys could take this. What exactly is Invest Comics? And let the audience here who's listening in on Tenacity Radio and the PSN Network know exactly what is Invest Comics. Don, I'll, I'll start on this and you can add in, okay? All right. Um, sure. So this is Bob. Yeah, I was actually introduced to Jay Katz, who's the, who's the founder of Invest Comics, probably a couple of years ago. I actually, out of the blue, I got an email from him asking me if I wanted to do a column. And I... I I hadn't really thought it. I'd, I'd never done a column on on, on the web before, and um, you know, I, I was kind of hesitant at first. It was such I was so flattered to do it. I I, I did do it. I, I started a column called Indie Creator a couple couple of years ago, and it's basically kind of like a shotgun approach to all things indie, whether it be artists, writers, illustrators, um, even printers, or even just passionate people who have blogs that I've interviewed on 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 the. Um, on the column. And what's so great, what makes Invest Comics so unique is 
um, just the passion that Jay has. It's, he's pretty much a one-man show. He started as a one-man show a couple of years ago, but he's totally redesigned the website. He's brought in some really strong columnists. Don is the most recent one he's brought on board, exceptional writer, and just a great knowledge of the industry. And Jay really keeps the material fresh. He's got things, uh, he's got a weekly hot picks that's sensational. Um, not only is he passionate about comics, but he's also, he has a Wall Street background, so he kind of knows what's good to make comics a good collectible, to you know, store away right. in your, in your shoebox. And he just has exceptional eye for what's quality that's out there. And so it's a great site to go to for not just actually comics, but actually all things, games. Um, he has a new comic strip that's on the website. So it's really fresh, and it's really uh, just a great website. And if you haven't checked it out, I really recommend that you do, because you'll find the content and the, um, just the quality of the writing and the material really, really refreshing and really entertaining and worth coming back to. Yeah, and I mean, I, I see all kind of characters in there, from Superman, Spider-Man, Green Lantern. It's all over the website. Uh, what's, some, what's some of the characters you guys focus mostly on on the website? Well, I think it kind of depends. I I think, um, and Don, you can follow up on this. Jay pretty much covers the biggies for the most part. You know, in his weekly Uh hot picks, he kind of does a a broad brush approach on the industry and what's kind of interesting. He focuses, of course, on your DC and your Marvels, but he also hits some of the indies too. Um, Don and myself kind of do kind of a spotlight on indie creators because that's kind of our passion. We like the unknowns. You know, it's like (laughs) the needle in the haystack picks that most people aren't aware of. me too. I'm the same way. No, and the reason I ask is I wanted to see if there was any favoritism between DC and Marvel, between you guys. But it's, it doesn't seem to be any. I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's a nice variety of, of the characters in the uh, website. Uh, it's, a, it's a neat idea uh, to have a website like this. It really is. I mean, it's a really good-looking website, too. I mean, I'm a web designer by trade myself, and I can tell you uh, they put together a really, really nice-looking website here. It really is a nice-looking website. Uh, he's gonna love hearing yeah. that because they, they just redesigned it about a, uh, I think about two weeks ago probably. They just did a oh, refresh nice. on it and uh, totally spruced it up and it just it's very smooth. It's great. And Don, actually, I'll let you go ahead and add your your two cents oh, on sure. it right now too. Yeah, it's it's been really really nice. I mean, like I've had a chance to like when when I was writing for Cosmic Book News. I mean, they were they were a good site, and uh, I wanted to focus in on another direction and they wanted to go uh, they wanted to focus more on the big two which which is more than understandable i mean like san diego comic-con just came out and pretty much <laughs> yeah. the talks of the big like the movie talks were going back and forth were about green lantern and um yeah four which are basically mm-hmm. the big two products and um and this is kind of the cool thing is is that um green lantern i will say this he recently in the last few years has been my favorite comic book character, and that's how I met my buddy uh, Darth Andrea Milhouse, and she's um, another columnist that uh, came over with me. She was a writer with Cosmic Book News as well, and she came over with me, and uh, she has been writing an absolutely, like, she's amazing column um, dedicated to the Wheel of Time series, and the Wheel of Time is a fantasy series that... um, Basically, people have called the heir apparent to uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series, and this oh, wow. guy has, uh, yeah, and like, uh, and and Jordan has just created a world of like, my gosh, I think like he's written about, he wrote about, I think ten, twelve books, and Andrea's beating her head against the computer right now, going, I have the exact <laughs> number of books. But he wrote three million words in this in this realm of his. And the poor man passed away from um, uh, a, a, a very Carpal odd... Carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, very odd, really sad and odd heart disease. And uh, and in his um, estate hired another fantasy writer by the name of Brian Sanderson to uh, finish off the series. Mm-hmm. And it um and it and it's just but the thing is is that there's been such a huge following. Chuck Dixon, um, who was a former writer on Batman, is like adapting the first novel, uh, The Eye of the World, um, into wow. a comic, and they're like making a movie out of it, and they're working on a major video game, and and Andrea is like all things Wheel of Time. I mean, like she just she just like lives and breathes it, and for us to be, for like invest comics to be able to get something with such a um get something like this column with such a unique perspective uh, like in Andrea's just basically like like we'll have entire conversations just about things where she'll say like well you know this reminds me of something in wheel of time and this and da 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 and it all goes <laughs> back to that classic series of books and and it's just kind of like she just knows the insides and outs of it and so for us to get her as a columnist on invest it's like it's so nice because that's that's one of the things like that's great about this website is is that invest comics has gone from being just like a let's focus on the big two um to focus on let's focus in the peripheral interests of comic book fans right with which is brilliant because as much like you, you can talk with the most diehard green lantern fans ask them if they're fans of like and their chances are they're probably fans of any of any any series of books. Like they'll say, like, oh, we know of Terry Brooks, we know of Douglas Adams, mm-hmm. we know of uh, 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 Neil Neil Gaiman. Who, in, yeah, Neil Gaiman's a perfect example. He jumped ship from fantasy novel this year, series of comic books the next, and he'll jump all over the place. And so that's um, another great one. Greg Ruka, known as a novelist. They jump all over the place. So, I mean, that's, for us to get Andrea's column, it's just a great little thing. And it just kind of shows just that this is not just a comic, like as much as it's called Invest Comics, it's actually could be called InvestGeekWorld.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is a Pretty good pickup. I mean, it is a good pickup to have somebody, you know, that statue working with you guys. That's That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, pretty much, if you're overweight and can't get a date, this is the site for you. So. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> it must be why uh, I've been uh, on it the last couple of days nonstop. Hmm. I'm going to have to uh, rethink uh, my life a little bit here. Uh, yes, you know, since uh, I've been talking to you guys about doing the show, you know, the geek in me has just completely come back out, out of me. And I've been going through my comic book collection the last uh, couple of days. I have, like, Silver Surfer comic books right in front of me. Uh, of course, I have a few of the Cruel comics. I have the Flesh and Blood series uh, from mm-hmm. James O'Barr. Uh, DC, you know, I, I collect a little bit of everything. I like the fact that the website is kind of geared towards everything, you know, and doesn't leave out the little, you know, the little comic lines, you know, the little lines that, are, you know, are putting out good material as well. That's kind of cool. I mean, let me ask you, are you guys looking to maybe put out some original comics in the future yourselves out of Invest Comics? Perhaps maybe do your own line of comics? Um, let me take a, well, actually, I actually, um, I think the reason kind of Jay contacted me was I actually started my own comic book series. I was originally right, a comic book that, yeah. that was 
Yeah, I originally did a comic book that was published by uh, Studio 407. It's a vampire um, mm-hmm. kind of, but it's kind of the traditional vampire story. A lot of blood and gore, but also a mystery, too. And as that was going, I decided, you know, I had a lot of, I started off as a, as a screenwriter. I thought, you know, there's a lot of short scripts I wrote that were kind of dark. It would be kind of good to make these into a kind of suburban horror series, you know, where man is the monster and, and have a series of, so- of stories based on that. So actually, I, kind of, I think I connected with with Invest Comics was I had started Hesky Horror, which was in a um, a series called Cold Blooded Chillers, which was a, yes. uh, I, I did a series of three comic books that did an anthology and then later moved on to a bigger scope and end times anthology, which actually Don contributed to. So I'm though I don't think Invest Comics is into publishing at, at least right now. They're more into kind of sharing the passion and seeing what's out there. Um, right. Yeah. There is a connection. I started out as an indie publisher, and, and Don is, uh, you know, you can tell you some of the stuff he's done. He's done some great stuff. Um, he's not an indie publisher. He's been published by some uh, pretty good publishing houses. Oh, yeah, yeah, Blue Water. That's the other thing I, 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 sh- I really should honestly put out, point out is, is that um, I worked with a real nice guy by the name of um, uh, Darren Davis with Blue Water Comics, and he was real nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was really funny. Like, he gave me, like, one of my first opportunities to write a comic book. However, Hesky Horror with uh, the 2012 anthology, um, that was my first published comic because I've written comic books like maybe about 15 months ago that have yet to see the light of day, but then I've written comic books four or five months ago that are like fast-tracked to being published. So, so if mean, you're uh, so, so for Invest Comics, if you're looking for Don's rookie card, you know, like for baseball cards, yeah. it would be in 2012. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to be the rookie of the year, I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let me ask you, Don. Thank you, but... you brought up you, you brought up the 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 Comic Con. You brought up the movies Thor and Green Lantern. Now mm-hmm. I'm ecstatic. I mean, the, my fanboy level went crazy off the radar when I saw the picture of the Green Lantern with Ryan uh, Reynolds playing the Green Lantern in the film. What are your take, what's your take on the way the suit looks? Because that thing looked amazing to me. What's, what's your take? My, my take on it is, is that I need to see more. Because that actually, to be honest with you, like when, when they announced that it was Ryan Reynolds that was playing Green Lantern, personally, I think James Marsden would have done a better job. That was my pick. Perhaps. The choice. For Hal Jordan, and, perhaps, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and and Ryan Reynolds, I think, would have been better as a Guy Gardner type of character. Um, or Wally West, which actually he was in the running yeah. for for a bit, for Wally West and The Flash. Yeah, exactly. Then when DC decided to pull funding from that, jackasses. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he, um, he was... Um, like, it, but it looked like, like when they announced that um, years ago, like in 2005 when they announced Brandon Routh as Superman they found, like, these pictures of Brandon Ralph, of him, just, like, of his studio shots or what have you, and then they put a Superman emblem on him, and it was mm-hmm. all, like, photoshopped up and everything. And to be honest with you, that's kind of what his costume looks like. It looks like just a picture of Ryan Reynolds posing and then, then photoshopping it up. I actually want to see him, like, in an action shot. I actually want to see him right, move around. Right. And I've actually heard in some places that this isn't the final design of it. I mean, it's because basically what they did was they just put like a big green suit on him with the symbol and a green mask, but it looks like it's all painted on because from what I understand, um, he's, 
he's kind of playing it similar to the way Andy Serkis played Gollum um, in mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings movie, where they gave him a green a green suit and then they uh, told him to yeah, it's all caption oh. motion technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. Kind of makes sense because you've got like a you got this alien technology. I mean, why send a ring all the way to Earth from a billion miles in the center of the solar system, <laughs> only from the center of the universe, only to give him a pair of tights? It's yeah. kind of like, huh? So, um, and it makes sense that they're doing it that way. So, and, You know what? And the suit does look pretty cool, though. I mean, the, the lines on the suit, which has, like, green light going through it, that looks pretty cool. Maybe he's powering up or something, and you'll be able to see the lines, you know, powering up. I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. I thought, I, I, but like you, I, I I agree. I want to see more in motion. You know, I want to see yeah, some video yeah. of it and and then decide. But you know, going back yeah. to uh, Superman Returns with Brandon Routh, man, that suit was horrific. I mean, if, if they could ever mess up a suit and even get the color scheme kind of okay, that's the suit. So I'm well, kind of glad they're going think... a different way with this one. Yeah, one of the things that that's that's funny about comic books and film is is that there are just some things that just don't translate well right. into, like, like, for instance, like if you read a um, Star Wars comic, um, well, w- when you see a Star Wars movie, the dogfights are spectacular and fantastic mm-hmm. um, because, like, of all, because you're watching a film, you're watching it a movie, literally. But when you're reading it in a comic book, it's just, it, it's too static. Panel one, X-wing fighter here. Panel two, Tie fighter. Panel three, X-wing fighter ducking as explodes. <laughs> right. Panel four, and it just doesn't have the same effect. So much the same way, like in in the world of comic books, like best example that I keep saying is like the way that they did Magneto from the X-Men film versus the X-Men comic books. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, a guy walking around in a giant red costume and purple briefs. People are going to look at you and say, oh, wait, wait a minute, this guy is, wants to take over the world? No, no, I, 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 no, he looks ridiculous. But in the comic book world, he can get away with that. And the thing with Superman, the, the one thing that, yeah, I wasn't happy with the costume. Like, I wish they made a broader S, and I wish they made the boots a little bit higher. But I like that they went with the muted red, because, like, Christopher Reeve, he was able to get away with Fire Engine Red, but it's just, you're dealing with a, you're dealing with, I hate to say it, not a more sophisticated, but a more informed audience, and again, you've got a dude flying around with a bright red cape, I mean, you really are thinking, is he in a pride parade versus (laughs) saving and unfortunately, that was some of the, the rumors that came out uh, while the movie was in production. Uh, there was, of course, that very controversial magazine that came out that asked, how gay is Superman? And uh, apparently, uh, from looking at that suit, he might be a little bit in the closet. Now, my you know, my nitpickings with the suit has to do with things like, uh, you know, the S on the belt. We don't need that. Why have an S on the belt? They never had it before. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, little nitpickings, but there's little things that adds up to, a, you know, a bigger thing. Like, for example, if Martha Kent made the suit, why would she make mm-hmm. stripper boots and give them stripper boots? I mean, that's kind of what they were uh, with the S on the back again. Why the detail? I mean, it's Superman. He doesn't need that much detail. I actually like the Christopher Reeve, um, the Christopher Reeve suit, believe it or not. I thought it was the closest to the comic book that they're ever going to get with, with the suit. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's like, but like at the same time, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just kind of like when one of the other things, and I'm going to do another plug here. One of the other things was is that you kind of have to work with what you've got. And I, um, yep. one of the things I did for Blue Water was an adaption of The Puppy Sister by Essie Hinton. She was famous for writing, um, writing The Outsiders and uh, a couple of other things. And one of, um, and it was the story of this boy who buys a dog, and the dog like starts evolving into a girl because it wants to be a human being, and it wants to do what everything else, and so it just magically just starts growing fingers and ears and and stuff like that. And I've been saying to people, it's a reverse werewolf story, and it's a fun, cute little story. Well, one of the scenes that I had was like when I was adapting the story. I pretty much kept everything I possibly could with Essie Hinton because I wanted it to be true to the source. I wanted to be respectful of the source. But the thing was, is, is that when it got to the end and I was kind of was like, I had to take out this part, had to get rid of this, had to add this. And I had this really good scene that the, the way Hinton wrote it was it was the mother with the with the dog as it evolved into a little girl. Well, then I realized I didn't have a scene with the father, and I had this really great scene at the end that um, that Essie Hinton wrote about the little girl like evolving, and she talks with her mom a little bit more. And I said, you know what? Let me take that scene and I'll adapt it so that the father is talking to the girl. And my reason for doing that was because I wanted her to have. That sort of I wanted in the comic book to show that she has a connection with the father as well, and like and the thing was is that like I only had so much room to do it, so that's why like i I don't fault a lot of these guys for adapting things because they really want to try and make it work like like you said, it's just some things translate better uh in in certain areas like I'll give you another quick example um in a great Robin Hood, Prince of um, Men in Tights movie. Um, great Gary movie. Elwes. <laughs> yeah. Gary Elwes says, unlike other Robin Hoods, I actually have a British accent, which was a clear yes. jab. <laughs> which was a clear jab at, um, Ke- at uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, well, yeah. Right. In Germany, the way that it's translated is, unlike other Robin Hoods, I don't dance with wolves. <laughs> because <laughs> so yeah it's a clear jab no matter what <laughs> either way <laughs> yeah either way it's a clear jab at, at Kevin Costner and one of the funniest lines in a very very funny movie may I add and a movie that of course a lot of people might not know this who have not seen it but I think that was like the first movie Dave Chappelle was in who's was extremely yes, funny yes it was yes yeah. it was and, but going back to the reason why I bring this up was it was just the German in order to keep keep they had to change the joke either way it was still a yeah. jab at Kevin Costner <laughs> but they had to come yeah. at it through a different angle and so and it's the same thing it's like so like when you adapt Superman it's sort of like the thing like if you did any readings about the history of the movie like at one time um, McGee was uh, the mm-hmm. McGee yep. the director associated with the movie but what was silly was he wanted to do a whole thing where someone said look you're not allowed to do a superman movie without tights and without flight 
And I'm sitting there going, that's not a Superman movie. You've got to stay true to, you've got to at least honor the material. Yes. You've got to stay true to it. And some, it doesn't mean you can't make alterations to make it work for the screen, but when you adapt something, it just, it just it doesn't work if you just completely like, okay, you know what, let's do this. Like, like I was reading that someone didn't, wanted to do an adaption of Batman where they had, um, they got rid of Alfred, but they put an African-American um, guy that looked like Michael Clark Duncan in as Big Al, his butler. <laughs> that just sounds kind of goofy. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, <laughs> no, 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 just, no, that's part of the fun of Batman. On one hand, he had, he's a broken-hearted guy that yeah. wasn't able to overcome his parents' death, but then he has this father figure that Alfred is. He's this advisor and father figure, and I think that that's what's great. And it's just kind of like, don't, don't screw with that. Just don't screw with that. If you want to add an African-American friend, heck, I'd be up for talking about having an African-American Robin at some point. But it just, no, don't screw that up. Well, it's heck, the uh, they, 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 they did bring an African-American friend in, Morgan Freeman. There you go. That Fox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was so, I mean, voice. You know, and the whole changing of the color of the actor or the character doesn't really bother me that much at all. In fact, I thought that Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin was probably the best casting I've ever seen in a comic book movie, mm-hmm. especially a movie that was yeah, that bad. I mean, they, they that was brilliant casting. I mean, I don't think anybody else could play that role right now that I could conceive being better than Michael Clark Duncan. He was just phenomenal as Kingpin. Uh, unfortunately, the movie sucked. You know, that, but that's you know unfortunate. You know, but you know, getting back to Superman now, they they are going to do a new Superman with Chris Nolan. Have either of you guys uh, heard any casting at all? I know he's not directing this thing; he's only producing it, right? Yes. So Chris Nolan I mean, didn't he write the Dark Knight though? Wasn't he the one that just did the last one, or is it? He yeah, he directed yeah. and produced and co-wrote the last two Batman uh, films. He's the main director. I mean, they're they're giving him the entire uh, you know franchise, franchise to do yeah. whatever he wishes with. He's going to find a director, find the actors, everything. And somebody just said in the uh, chat room earlier that uh, I guess the tone of the film is going to be more geared to like the way the movie for Batman and Batman Begins and the Dark Knight that kind of tone yeah. of movie. Uh, that's pretty cool. I, I like the fact that they'll update it and, you know, bring it more into a reality world or, you know, something a little bit m- that resembles more real world than, you know, the last comic booky movies that came out with Superman. They were completely Well, that was, uh, to go against your argument, that was an example of a good sequel. <laughs> you know, Batman had kind of yes, gone bad yes. and then the Dark Knight came and kind of brought it back again, you know. Yep, exactly. And, and, and that's exactly and, what was happening with the Batman series. They were going really comic booky campy. And, you know, the last two were just horrible. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, Joel Schumacher is a bit of a, a pariah in comic book circles. However, <laughs> I really didn't his adaption of the Phantom of the Opera. I thought that was pretty cool. But, What's funny, you, know what? you, got, not... you guys didn't mention talk about, you know, how it's tough to maintain the standard of Superman and Batman. Don actually had to do, for one of his biopics, I don't know if it hit print, but for, he had to do The Life of Jesus, right, Don? Oh, wow. <laughs> pretty tough about what you include and what you don't include. I mean, that, that's a tough challenge, getting that in 24 pages or whatever you had for, uh, for length. The yeah, ultimate superhero, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the thing was is that I, um, when I did it, because like, I've made no, no bones like, about the fact, like I, I'm 
I'm both a born-again Christian and about as crazy a right-wing conservative as a person can be. Um, but I believe that there's like prop. I believe that there's practical applications with how my faith is executed, and I don't believe in being a jerk about my faith. But however, when the opportunity, yeah, but I'm going to say this. But when the opportunity <laughs> came to right. I said to Aaron, I go, look, I'd be more than happy to, but I want to include two things. His death and resurrection and my belief in his deity. And, and to Darren's credit, he was kind enough, and he said, sure, go for it. And what I had a chance to do was I had a chance to tell the Jesus that I know and I study, and because I was very, very specific. I didn't want this to be the the patron saint of the icon for me to kill Muslims. I didn't want this to be the patron saint of the we get the hold up sign saying God hates fags. Um, we, yeah, I didn't want him to be that because that's not what the Jesus I believe in stands for. And, and what I did was I basically started off with the gospel of John and I kind of, kind of, kind of went from there and, and pulled out some of my favorite passages and I discussed a couple of things and and I added and I added I don't want to say like I added to the Bible but I added things that I believed that that I could see Jesus saying like like when they the passage where it says suffer the little children unto me I put in there where Jesus is looking at one of the kids and he says it's really good to see you I'm so glad you came to visit me today because the Jesus I know would say something like that. He would add that extra little, I'm looking at this kid, and I just want you to know you're the center of the world at this moment, and, I will, and I'm really glad you're here. And, that and, is, and, and I think it was important, Don, that you, you kept him in a robe and you didn't put him in tights and a cape, too, so that was good. That was a nice point. Exactly. That's very important, yes. <laughs> and he didn't put the underwear outside of the suit. That's even more important. <laughs> Because, I, I mean, imagine Jesus walking around with his underwear on the outside. That just yeah, kind of awkward. <laughs> and you know what? It's, yeah, exactly. it's funny. There that's is something that I do. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that I do in my private life. <laughs> before, before we go on break here, I want to ask you real, real quick. What, why do you think there is such a Messiah uh, figure attachment to the Superman character? It seems like they really make him out to be a Messiah-like character. Even in the last movie, it had the entire kind of Jesus undertone in it. Uh, why do you yeah. think that is? Why it's Superman? Well, if I can be really, really, really over the top and oddly theological about this, um, the two guys that created Superman were clearly Jewish. Uh, Siegel and Schuster. Uh, ah, I thought you were going to say clearly gay. I was like, oh, man. Really <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. Hey, tights and underwear over the clothes. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Continue. <laughs> they were lonely guys. Um, they, uh, yes, you know, they things happen, guys. Yeah. But the thing <laughs> was is that what they were honestly doing was, from their perspective, they were doing a retelling of the Moses story. I firmly believe that, from their perspective, because there are elements, when you look at the historical aspects of both Moses and Jesus' life, he was, Moses was considered royalty, he was part of Egyptian royalty, but then he humbled himself, and or he was humbled, and he became the leader of of a group of people. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus was uh, what it says in, according to the 
St. Paul, he says he, he was of God and he emptied himself and became nothing to save humanity from their sins. And so there kind of is a there kind of is a very similar aspect to their stories. And I think what these guys did was they tried retelling the Moses story to the point of the ark, um, uh, that little boat that Moses was in when he swam away from his doomed family. And same thing with Superman. He, they, Jarrell puts him in a rocket ship and sends him to Earth. And so, but as... As the United States, especially in the 1940s and the 50s, became more Christian in that Judeo-Christian arc, there was really a push and a focus. I don't know if it was intentional or what have you, but when it was kind of like when the in the 1950s when the average American was the good old-fashioned white boy with the buzz cut that didn't have any sort of ethnicity in his name. Um, he, um, I think they really tried pushing the more uh, Jesus Christ iconography on him, and I don't know how intentional that was or not, but that's my opinion on that. It's funny, real quick, since you're going to break, you can almost take the other yep. opposite side too. There's Don's actually dead on on all those you know biblical references you could but you could also see the opposite you could see the alien <laughs> coming from out of space in the 1940s and 50s when all that Roswell stuff was happening you know you can almost see kind of oh, the yeah. alien yep. down to save the race too so it's depending it's you can almost look at it from both angles so it's kind of that's what makes it kind of a very interesting storyline no it, it yeah, is exactly. it, it is a very interesting story and you know what I haven't heard that uh, whole connection with Moses before but that makes a lot of sense actually yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's that's the thing. I mean, like it was two Jewish guys in the middle of 1940s mm -hmm. New York City, which was j just like you can divide the lines. Like this section was Jewish, this section was Italian, this section was Irish, and they grew up in like the the more Jewish sections. I mean, and like to further kind of prove my point about how people were going for a more more American non-ethnic sound, Bob Kane, when you look up his name, he's the guy that created Batman. His real name mm -hmm. is something, I forget what it is, but it's something like Robert Cohen, something like that. I'd have to something do Something like that, yeah. On, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know you're Kane, right about that, yeah. Yeah, but his, he changed his name to Bob Kane, like the guy that created the Sopranos. His name is like David Chazaselli or something like that, and he's like, mm -hmm. no, nah, I'm just the juice. So... Well, a lot of folks say stage names, but uh, yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. There is, uh, it, it's weird. I, you know, I, I heard Bob Kane's name a long time. I'm trying to think of it also, and I cannot remember it. I saw it on a website years ago, uh, and it kind of it baffled me why he would change his name. I mean, he's just he's a comic book creator. I mean, he's not like a stage actor or anything like that. Yeah, he was also Bob Kane was a very brilliant. Um... He he was like the guy that really established the. Uh, the Can't think ghost. of the damn name now. Jeez. Yeah, it's like ghost artist <laughs> name or something like that. Mm -hmm. Probably knowing my friend Darth Andrea, she probably has it already up in the chat room. Uh, knowing her, if she hasn't, Darth Andrea, get on that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things when we go on break, I'm going to be racking my brain to figure out what the heck the name was because I, I saw it not long ago. It was a couple of years ago, but I, I, I damn it, it's killing me now. Yeah. He was born Robert Kahn, K-A-H-N. That's, That's what, what Robert Kahn, yes. Kahn! 
Coincidence? Coincidence? Without looking up and screaming. Exactly. Gone! Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Party. The Atomic batteries to power. The pants. Turbines to speed. Jam. Ain't nobody who would like me to. Raspberry. Oh, yeah. Caller, in your name, case, and your nationality, and your social security number, home phone number, date of birth, and your next mechanic in case of having you when you die. Oh, yeah. Six 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 six. I am the underground Lord Master. Ain't number two to fruity. Get on the floor if you got that booty. Oh, that was like a fucking what a waste of time. Loud noises. There's only one man who would dare give me the raspberry. Doctors say he's got a 50-50 chance of living. Well, there's only a 10% chance of that. <gasps> oh. Great Odin's Raven. I recommend folks, those that are listening, do not ever eat sausage with griddle for McDonald's. That sounds kind of crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> uh. Right now, and we're back on Tenacity Radio's The Jackal's Head with Don and Robert of Invest Comics. Hola. Welcome back, guys. We were talking here just before the break about Mr. Khan. Robert Khan. Bob Kane, you know, easy change. Even though I, I think he right. should have, you know, just called himself Robert Kahn instead of Bob Kane. 
right, you know, right. Robert Kahn. That, yeah, that's too, a powerful. It's too close to uh, it's too close to Bob Crane, who had a really bad death. So you, you want to better yes. off with Kahn. You shouldn't have changed. It. Yeah, Robert Kahn, man. And you know what? Speaking of Kahn, I, I got to bring this up. What, what's your take on the last Star Trek film, guys? I personally was blown away by it. What did you guys think of it? Robert, if you want to take this. Uh, no, you take it, because honest to God, I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed to say I haven't even rented it yet. So I'm, 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 I, you guys are I'm grasping <laughs> for air right now. That's a bad setup for me, this break, yeah. <laughs> the nerd in me just, like, oh man, the nerd in me just grasped for air there. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I will say this, every so often I will come across a movie where I actually go back to the theater about two or three times to watch it. And this was that movie for me. I think I probably saw it about three or four times in the theater. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you one other bit of trivia that I just thought was great um, that, I, that I'll share with the audience. If you go to YouTube, there's this great video of Chris Pine, like, walking up to William Shatner. And the funny thing with William Shatner is, is that he is notorious, like, like, like the other Star Trek fans or the other cast members on Star Trek just just did not like him. I mean, except for like Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, he just was not liked. Yeah. And he's and I think he's he's changed his image in the last like ten fifteen years, uh, so that like people would, like he's more approachable now, and he really really pushes like different charities that he's a part of. But he did have a reputation for being a scene stealing jerk. And so when you actually see on this YouTube thing, with that in mind, looking at Chris Pine walking up to him and meeting him, he's, he actually like, kind of acts like a fanboy a little bit. And he's like, hi, I'm a big fan, and I just wanted to introduce myself. But the funny thing is, Chris Pine is about six inches taller than William Shatner. And you just didn't realize, <laughs> yeah. it was just, oh my gosh, they really did go for bigger uh, and they really bigger in this in this in this movie, and uh, I just thought that was great. And I was listening to the director's commentary, and each one of them said their favorite Star Trek movie was Galaxy Quest, which I just thought that I just was rolling. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's probably the reason why they didn't have Shatner in the last movie. Uh, so fans would have noticed the difference in height. I know Shatner was uh, pretty furious that he wasn't in the last movie. He came out in a bunch of different shows talking about it, that he really wanted to be on it. Uh, is uh, I know Nemo is already retired. Are there going to be any other ex-cast members you guys know in the in the future sequels? Or are they just going to keep continuing on... Well, I don't know. I'm like, there There actually is talk of all, of, I've read of all things, like may, of them maybe in some weird way bringing Shatner back, mm. like for a brief, like for a brief episode, or for a brief what have you, like a cameo, a flashback or something like that. To um, negotiate a good hotel price room or, you know, or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're going to get screwed. Go, go lower, yeah. He's trying to get Captain Picard a nice deal in a hotel. That's going to be his cameo. Yeah. In the Picard. <laughs> I'm going to walk into another edge. I'm going to add one thing to the okay. Star Trek thing. Uh, just a little, um, Chris Pine, 
there was one other movie that I did see that he was in that I that came out in the same year with Star Trek. Ironically, he's in Star Trek, but the movie I did see with him was I'd recommend to people to check out. It's called Carriers, and it's kind of an end time, uh, like a pandemic is kind of sweeping across the country, killing everybody. It's these four people, and it's kind of like a your typical yep. end of times type movie that's out now. But that's uh, it's it's an awesome movie to check out if you you know for a rental or a Netflix. Yeah, and you know what? Out of the Star Trek series. Uh, real quick, let me just throw this in. Uh, the, the last film that came out, the guy who played George Kirk is playing Thor in the next movie, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. That's the, the actor, Chris uh, Hemsworth, I believe is his name. Chris Hemsworth, yes. am I right about that? Yep, 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 that's him. By the that way, was, that's pretty cool. You know what, his character, was, uh, his character was a standout character. I thought he was really good in the last Star oh. Trek movie, so that's really cool. He, he really is. And by the way, Rob Heskey gets an award for writing the best segue I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes. And you guys prepped me offline, so I'd add something to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. Speaking of carriers and end times, pandemics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a good idea to continue on this path. Go ahead. Yes, exactly. Again, <laughs> master of the segue. <laughs> Seriously, if you're a stand-up comedian, give Heskey a call. He'll uh, be more than happy to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm the Debbie Downer. John, uh, Don talks about Jesus Christ before the, you know, the the intermission, and I'm talking about end times afterwards. I'm like the whamp, 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 you know, part of the interview. But... <laughs> exactly. I got a joke about my mother-in-law, and I got another joke about, like, I got another joke about how terrible airplane food is. Can you help me out with that? Sure. Has to do it. Here we go. I got a segue for you. Don't worry. We'll get we'll get it in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, but I will say this though, in all sincerity, one of the coolest things was I had the opportunity to be like part of this wonderful anthology series of twenty of about twenty twelve. It was just basically like, what are some ideas of how the the end would occur and. Um, Robert wrote some really brilliant stories, and um, the artist I had working with me was a buddy of mine named Jason Doobie, and we had um, we probably had uh, we, we had a really nice story. And I got to tell you, for people that have done reviews of uh, done reviews of the book, they have either loved our story or they have hated it. And I just think that's awesome. There is no in between. You either read it or you read our little story. Or you don't, and it was just such a fun little story to do. And um, and again, like Robert has just been so good to allow me to be a part of this. So that's why I'm just like, that's why I'm just like, hey, by the way, I'm just a grateful geek that gets to be on the other side of the table every so often. So thank you. Yeah, and it is your rookie card. We're gonna throw that out again for all you fans out there. Don Smith, he's yes. his first. His first published story was in 2012, Final Prayer. It's funny how that came about was Don had actually interviewed me um, regarding the Night Projectionist when at Cosmic Book News he did an interview. It was, what was the series? It was a new series you guys were doing for kind of unknown people like me. What did you call it? I forget what it was called, that, that series. That you, you remember, Declaration Don? Declaration of Independence. Right, Declaration of Independence. Declaration. Right. So, so Don called me, and the, you know we, we got talking, and then I let him know that I was working on this anthology. He said, hey, can I contribute something? I said, sure, awesome, go, go for it. 
He said, you mind if I do it a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter than some of the, because, you know, it's end time. It's, you know, different ways the world hits. Most of them are pretty yeah. dark and stark. So, it's, it, and I got to tell you, it was very, there are two stories in the anthology that have kind of a lighter look at it, which kind of, which was much needed by the time you got to the end of the book. You're like, oh, just give me a little something to laugh at, you know. <laughs> but it was, very, it was a very fun story he did um, based on a, you know, uh, a, a girl whose who's, who's boy band breaks up and she curses God and then all hell rains down. But it was very well done and very funny. And, you know, the art was very cool. And it was a good story to have at the end after a lot of the, you know, I broke it up in all these sections based on, you know, different scenarios and how and how the uh, world could come to an end on 1221 and it was it was just kind of a nice it, it was the nice ribbon at the end of the book that kind of gave it a little bit of breathing space which is really which is really much appreciated what, 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 what attracted you guys to the 20 to the 2012 subject to uh, create this uh, series um it's kind of weird i was i i had finished i mentioned earlier i did a series called um cold-blooded chillers um, tales of suburban horror, murder, and malice. It's, it's, so those are basically a series of stories, really, um, three comic books, longer comic books, not 24 pages. They tend to be like 40 pages, roughly, so kind okay. of extended comic books. And there were like three or four tales in them. It was kind of like um, a poor man's eerie or creepy, you know, but it didn't have, without supernatural, it focused on just where man is the monster and people doing bad things to other people. It, it had a real edge to it. It was something my wife wasn't real proud of. You know, she was like, can't you write comedy now that we got married and we have kids and <laughs> I'm doing these horror things, you know? <laughs> but um, once I got done with that, I did an anthology that actually won an award. We got really well received. It was great. And I was looking for my next project. And um, I went to Borders and I was walking around. I was trying to come up with inspiration. Somehow, I, I, forget, I think it was, this, or, you know, this spiritualist section or whatever section I saw all these books on 2012, and so I, I grabbed one, and I started looking through it. It was called uh, Apocalypse 2012, An Investigation into Civilization's End by Lawrence E. Joseph. And what was kind of cool about that book, it was more of a journalistic view of it, and it was really, I mean, I just, it's very funny. I was, I was, I, I was reading it, and I just got kind of, like, sucked into it. And... Um, at the beginning of the book, his introduction, he goes through some details about how he kind of was intrigued by it and then things that sucked him in. And I'm just going to read like a couple quick things that were kind of like drew me into why this anthology. And so really the, 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 the basis of it is that for 2012, for people that don't know, the Mayan calendar, um, it's called a long calendar, that went on for like over 5,000 years, and it ends on December 21st, 2012. And what was unique right. about the Mayans, though they, they never invented the wheel or had like really great you know, hardware or tools, they were awesome stargazers. They would look up in the sky, and they, they just had these really sophisticated um, calendars. Their, their calendar is, based on the year, is probably like half a second off of the Georgian calendar for how much time is in a year. It was just amazingly accurate and insightful. And um, their calendar ended on, um, as I said, December 20, 21st, 2012. Actually, at 11-11, uh, GST was when it ends. And um, there's a lot of speculation. People started paying attention to it about um, mm. what does this mean? Is it, is it kind of like your new year? Does it, does it just mean the clock sets again? And people started looking at more of a, an Armageddon-type twist. And, and why people started paying more attention to 2012 was, there's a lot of weird things happening lately, you know. Um, 
if you look up into this, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with the sun, a lot of sunspots in the sun, the electromagnetic oh, yeah. oh, field yeah. around the earth. There's like 100,000 mile cracks in it where, you know, it, things could, you know, gamma rays could come down and shut down, you know, electricity on whole continents and cause all mm-hmm. havoc. There's all these, you know, all the things that's happening with all the hurricanes and the earthquakes and the tsunamis. More and more of this activity is happening, um, and so it just brought up a lot of speculation, which tied in a lot of science, historic, a lot of re- different religions, all tie in uh, this um, 2012, even, you know, the I Ching, the Bible even has reference to it. So there's a lot of these different religions, um, the Hopi Indians as well. So it wasn't just the Mayans, but it kind of put a spotlight on it, and then it opened up kind of this Pandora's box, and a lot of these things started pointing to hmm, maybe it is kind of a date that you could, you know, maybe not, maybe the world doesn't end, but boy, maybe something cataclysmic could happen in this year, the way the stars are, are lining up literally, you know, in the cosmos. Yeah, you know, we had Jason uh, we had Jason Martell on the show here yesterday, I don't know if you guys uh, listened in, he's, of course, uh, one of the leading researchers when it comes to the Planet X, Nibiru, ancient astronauts, he's yep. worked with Zachariah Sitchin and a lot of the, you know, big players when it comes to that, uh, you know, that kind of research, and, uh, you know, when we got into talking yesterday, I made I brought up a point that the Gregorian calendar, the way it's set up, it's actually not accurate when it comes to our date. Uh, twenty twelve is not really technically twenty twelve. There's a time period that is missing between you know the last era, I guess, or age, and year one. For example, I don't know exactly how many years is missing, but uh, I'm sure Don knows about this. He knows his religion pretty well, so he knows I'm not fibbing about this. There's a time period that is kind of missing, so the calendar is a little screwed up. Uh, Now, I was talking to him about that, and and he said that was a good point. So it actually answers why we might not be seeing anything in the skies yet. But doesn't mean that this thing is not out there. Do you guys are proponents then of uh, the possibility of an extrasolar planet called Nibiru? And that the Anunnaki was actually a race that came down and seeded all life. Well, one of the guys, one of the guys who wrote, um, when I did this, I, I not only got um, comic creators from all over the world, I only got comic creators from, oh my God, it's probably like 15 or 20 different countries um, to contribute. But I also contacted a couple people who had written books in 2012, like subject matter. Oh, okay. And one was Marie D. Jones, and she did kind of a, you know, kind of a, a little more positive afterward that was really kind of interesting. She talked about why, you know, we're so obsessed with the end of mankind and what, what is it that draws us to that. She, she made kind of, did kind of a little you know, essay on that. And then there's another guy named Marshall Masters, who's very much a Nibiru type, you know, in this, this hidden this planet that's going to crash on the earth and, and all the stuff that's going to happen. So he wrote a very, uh, it was really, set a real, Oh my God! Tone <laughs> at the beginning of the book, he was very clear. It was only like two or two or three pages what he wrote, but he was very much kind of. He wrote something that was very kind of dark and really set a, a dark tone for the for for the, for the book. And so he's kind of on the side of the fence where um, he he does see something definitely happening. And it was it was a very you know when I got it from him, I read, I had to read a couple of times. I was almost on the fence about putting it in, but they said. You know, this is a book about 2012, and you know, I'm open to all to all um, opinions. And uh, but yeah, he's exactly in that same camp that you just talked about from your guest yesterday. Yeah, you guys really I, should go in the archive and check that show out. Uh, go ahead, Don. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, because I was going to say that like you had asked about like the or, the opinion of the Anunnaki. Did I say that right? Yeah, the Anunnaki. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, like I like I said, I mean, like I. 
considering my faith, I just I just don't believe believe in it, and I it's just never been my thing. And to be well, honest, here's with the you, thing. Um, it, here's where you should really check out the show last night because we went into a little bit of the history of the Sumerians. The Sumerians were actually the first known civilization on the planet. Uh, everything that we have that, that is, you know, astro astrology based, math based, the calendars, everything you pretty much use on your daily live uh, lives, uh, you know, originally came from the Sumerians. They, you know, we inherited a lot of their stuff from their culture, and you know, has been passed down through you know the ages. Now, the Sumerians wrote in their, you know, in their writings. They didn't just leave a couple of tablets with some information on it. These folks left dictionaries of different tales and uh, different experiences and different things that happened in you know Sumeria. And uh, one of their, you know, the main things, one of the themes was that there was a race of aliens from a planet called Nibiru they came down and showed them a lot of these things that you know they were being taught that they knew uh you know for example they had some form of technologies uh you know the Baghdad battery I don't know if you guys ever heard of that which was found yeah, not too long ago yeah. it's a, an ancient battery that was back from the before Egypt's you know era but the Sumerian times that's pretty much where it got started probably there was other technologies that was probably given to them that we'll find in the near future. In fact, we were talking about yesterday how they're actually starting to uh, do a kind of a, a little bit more of a dig around the Great Pyramids because there's hidden chambers around the pyramids. And as uh, you, you well know, the pyramids are much older than the Egyptian culture. I mean, they were, they've were they been dated back for many, many more thousands of years before the Egyptians. So what exactly is down there? You know, who knows? But getting back to the Sumerians, the Sumerians wrote about this race that came from the heavens called the Elohim. They came from the heavens. The Bible even has the Elohim. A lot of a lot of the Bible is actually very closely related to the Sumerian text. Adam and Eve is also in the Sumerian text. The aliens that came down, they were considered gods uh, by the Neanderthal man that was here that was not intelligent. Um, they didn't know any better. And uh, when they came down here, they were looking for gold. Some reason... One reason or another, they needed to mine for gold, and they needed gold for their atmosphere, so they were mining for gold. And being the smart race that they are, they said, well, let's not do this ourselves, guys. Let's get a bunch of slaves and do this for us. So it makes it easier for us. You know, we're the, we're the intelligent aliens here. So they genetically manipulated Neanderthal men as we knew it here. And, it, you know, by a, them doing that, they created a new hybrid race of beings as, that we now know as Homo sapien. This also explains the fact that we're never going to find the missing link. Think about that. There's, they're, they're never finding the missing link. I believe evolution happens. I, I'm, I'm on the fence. Of, you know, I'm not one of these uh, Bible thumpers or, or you know, evolution thumpers or, or anything like that. I'm open-minded to every theory. But I do believe evolution happens. You see it. You know, kids are born. Kids die when they get older. They become old people. Flowers are born. Flowers decay and die. Evolution happens. Uh, you know, new species are, you know, being born every so often. Species die every so often. You know, there's an evolutionary process that does happen on this planet and everywhere in the galaxy and in the universe. Whether there's a god behind it all, I don't deny that. I don't doubt that. But it's very interesting, the fact that our Bible, the Bible that, you know, you put a lot of faith in, has a lot of stuff in it that goes right into the Sumerian text, which I well, really yeah. think you should yeah. look a little bit deeper into the Sumerian text. You'd be surprised what you see in there. You know, one guy you may want to ask as a guest on the show at some point, he was actually on a, I was on a podcast with, with um, Marshall Masters and Marie D. Jones, mm -hmm. two people who contributed. 
he wrote one of his books is called the Colbrin Bible, which is kind of goes into a lot of that. It's the you know yep. it's that it goes into that whole thing that you just talked about. So he would be I'll give you his information, but yeah, he wrote a whole book on that. So um, he's he's very much in the camp of, of that guest. Um, yeah, that's one thing about 2012. I mean, but there's other things too. There's like scientific stuff too. There's things like I mentioned the Earth's magnetic field. You know, it's a primary defense against solar radiation, and it's begun to dwindle. It's got huge cracks. Um, there's also, um, you know, physicists at UC Berkeley, the ones that discovered the dinosaurs, and you know, 70% of all species on Earth that were extinguished by a, you know a comet or an asteroid about 65 million years ago. Well, those same uh, scientists maintain with about 99% certainty that we're now overdue for another such catastrophe. Um, mm -hmm. And other, and well, other things. This, you know, I just want one, one more, too, just, um, uh, Jackal. Um, like Yellowstone, right. things that you don't even think about, like Yellowstone, Yellowstone Park. It's got yep. a super volcano, um, mm -hmm. which is supposed to erupt, you know, probably every 600,000 to 700,000 years. Um, a lot of people say it's preparing to blow now. And um, to put it in context of what happens when a, when a super volcano blows, um, I think it was like uh, Lake Toba, Indonesia. Something happened like about yep. 75,000 years ago. And when that blew, 90% of the world's population were gone because, you know, this whole dust cloud covered um, the whole earth. Nobody could breathe. They suffocated and people were gone because they couldn't go underground, you know. So you have all these different things that could happen, you know. So you have, you yeah. have science, you have, you know, pe you know, cosmos, you have religious, historical, all this stuff. So that's kind of why there's this fascination. All these things are melding in 2012. And that's kind of why there's this whole fascination. It opens up all these possibilities for, you know, conjecture, basically. Oh, it definitely does. And I'll tell you what, though, it's really going to suck if the end of the world does happen in 2012 because I'm buying heat tickets, uh, season tickets for the next five, ten years. <laughs> I plan to go see my Miami it, Heat. Man, it'll be, it'll be LeBron's fault. That's another thing we, sh we, should, th we should throw over oh. people. It'll be his fault for leaving the Cavaliers. <laughs> it'll be LeBron's fault. I, I knew it. Damn it, LeBron. No, but, you know, seriously, you know, you're absolutely right. There is definitely a, a multi-level level of possibilities of events that might happen on 2012, if anything, uh, might happen on 2012. But it's funny, you know, a lot of the research of, like, Zechariah Sitchin and even Jason Marteau and several other people that are researching the Hill-Sumerian text and all that uh, really don't think anything is going to happen on 2012. They are all of the mind frame that it's, you know, nothing's going to happen. Uh, basically, they don't think that this planet that comes around is going to hit the planet again or anything like that. So they don't think it's going to be a planetary issue with another planet hitting us. Now, of course, the movie 2012 that came out this past year, uh, they the way they played the end of the world with 2012 was because of solar, you know, uh, radiation that was hitting the Earth, and the neutrinos was going berserk, and the crust was going crazy, and that was what you know the 2012 end days was going to be like. Scenarios are plenty. Either one of them are scary as hell. But I'll tell you guys this one thing: if the end of the world does happen, I guarantee you one thing: I'll be standing on top of the mountain with a backpack, just like Woody Harrelson on 2012, and I'll be broadcasting the Jackal's Head on Tenacity Radio and the Paranormal Super Network, and I'll be telling you guys a play-by-play -play of exactly what's going on before a piece of asphalt or something hits me right in the face in this. Knocks just me don't play the, the music over your voice at the beginning of the show, that's all. We want to make sure we know what's going on at that point. Just yeah, I don't that. know what the heck was up with that. I've, I've been having all kinds of technical issues uh, the last couple of days. With this on thing. that day, you can't have any, because we're going to be relying on you. You're going to be our main guy, you know? <laughs> yes, I, 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 that's one movie voice. I did see, by the way. <laughs> I did see 2012, so, yeah. 
Yeah, if it were me, Jackal, i got to tell you, I'd be up on a mountain going, here's my broadcast for the next hour. Told you so. Told you so. Just so. Yeah. Told you so. Told you so. Told you so. I'll be up there saying, damn it, LeBron. Damn it, LeBron. Damn it. And Bosh. One of those, uh, and after the 50th, told you so, you just go in your face. Told you so. Told you so. Told you so. In your face. Told you so. Now, you know who's going to really feel kind of silly, though? All the people are the doom and gloom folks that are making a big deal of 2012. If nothing does happen, there's going to be a lot of disappointed folks, I think. And personally, I think it's going to be like Y2K where nothing really happened. You just had Alex that's Jones going crazy on radio. That, yeah. yeah, that's my theory on it, too, is, is that basically a lot of people were just, they were expecting it, like they were, they were expecting that we were going to end up like basically like the beginning of Road Warrior where you mm-hmm. just gradually see the decline of humanity, and then next we're all going to be these, like, crazy people living in the desert with wearing old pots and pans on ourselves, pretending that we're all going to, pretending that we're, like, like knights of the round table or something scary like that. And and I don't, I don't think that that's, I honestly don't believe that that's what's going to happen. I honestly believe it's just, I think that something like that is just gonna, it just gonna is, just gonna reset everything because, like Robert says, I mean, really, what can you say about a society? Yeah, they invented the zero, but they also didn't invent the frickin' wheel. I mean, the shape was there. It wouldn't occur to somebody to say, yeah, this might make travel a little bit easier. <laughs> so it's, it's, I mean, like these might be, frankly, they might be the pinheads of, of that, uh, of their of their day where like you where you'll hear these stories of like these like super educated people in 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 that, that'll stand around and say well you know if you're faced with a boy who has a pistol it's best to reason with him and ask him about his childhood or something screwball like that and then when that opportunity comes and you're like did your mother not love you enough as a child yet yeah, three bullets for through your chest chest is going to be an answer to that Whereas nine times out of ten, it's going to be, let's be practical about this. A guy points a gun yeah. at you, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to be like, I'm done. So what I'm saying, I think, uh, uh, this is a long way of saying, of, I think the Mayans may have been the pinheads of their day, because at the same time, these are the same people that were cutting off, um, that if their guys won a basketball game, which probably gives some credence to the LeBron James theory, but if they won the basketball game, they're marching these guys on the top of a pyramid and, sh- and stabbing them. And so it's kind of like, it's like we're sacrificing the gods, so we're going to give you the best. Yeah, but your next league, your next year's league is going to suck. Trust me, that's a game I'm thrilled to be losing. So, well, you know what it could point to, though, just to, just to play devil's advocate, is you know maybe they got this divine intelligence regarding the calendar from some other entity. You know, that's the only thing you could you could. Just to keep the you know the the, the right. conversation cool, you could well, throw out there that they you know they were they were just like the Sumerians, just like the Egyptians, right? Well, who got it from the Sumerians, I guess. You know, they got this. They, maybe they got this intelligence. Maybe they didn't get it themselves. Maybe they came upon it or it was given to them. So I mean, you could well, say that. Thinking, You're right because they don't have the wheel. <laughs> they didn't have a lot exactly of stuff. Exactly. No, but here, think about this, guys. Think
think about this, guys. If an alien race comes down from the heavens 5,000, 8,000 years ago, and there's a race of beings here that maybe were genetically manipulated by them a few thousand years before, and now they're kind of organizing into a little kind of uh, civilization, and this race of beings comes back to, you know, check up on their creation, and they land on this planet, what's the first thing that these beings on this planet are going to think of when they see a ship coming down from the heavens? Oh, it's God. Or gods. They're not... They're not going to have the, the notion of thinking it's an alien from another planet. They don't know what a planet is. I mean, we didn't know right, that we right. were on a, a we didn't know we were on a spherical planet till a few hundred years ago, before they thought the world was flat. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the I, think, I do ago, think they. I hope we have sperm whales. Well, I hope we I have hear, sperm uh, whales. I hear bad things about Star sperm whales. Reference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me take me to your nuclear pass- vessels. Let me uh, let me be a pessimist about 2012. I don't think it's going to end, but I do think something is a good chance that something bad could happen, and it could be something like, um, you know, a grid, you know, a national electric grid being knocked out for not just a couple of days yeah. but months, and that causes severe havoc and causes, and that on top of a bad economy and people out of work and all this other bad stuff that you know, intentions that are building. Something like that could cause, you know, maybe not the end of humanity, but there could be some real, a real regression, you know. So I, I do think something really bad could happen. But, but I think to get rid of humanity, we're, we're like, con- like you know, you know, we're, we're like cockroaches. Now you, you probably need like three calamities to get. You probably need a vol- super volcano going off. You need a, a tsunami <laughs> and an electrical grid going out <laughs> to get rid of all. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the real disaster is going to be, guys. Uh, you know, Obama is going to have his term end on 2012, and there's probably no chance him or any Democrats going to win. So, 2012 is nothing more than the Republicans taking over and the new world order. Yeah, coming oh, to fruition. My attitude was that the. Uh, my attitude was that when Obama got elected, that was the beginning of the end of the world. But hey, that's just me. I voted. So for you, it was 2009. Well, Don. yeah, baby steps though. <laughs> baby steps, Don. Baby steps. You gotta, you know, take baby steps to get to the end of the world. It takes yeah. a couple years to get there. You gotta destroy the planet little by little before you get to the end. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there's anything. But it's you know fascinating to read you know books and stories and and see what people's imaginations uh, and what they can come up with with these kind of comic books or these kind of stories or movies or whatever about the end days. I'm always fascinated about these kind of movies, like you know what's uh, the movie that Will Smith did, ID4, Independence Day, another yeah. disaster movie. Uh, you know, I love those kind of movies where everything just gets destroyed. Um, another one that came out a few years ago. Um, Jeez, what's the name of this movie? The one where the whole world got frozen. Day after tomorrow. All right, yeah. And then the Book of Eli just came out, right? That was kind of a post. Book of Eli, another one, right. You know what movie was great, and I didn't see a lot of people actually pay a lot of attention to it for whatever reason. I don't know if you guys saw it, but have you seen the movie Knowing? Yes. No, no, I didn't. Because I think it was because, like, no offense to Nicolas Cage, but because he was in it and and Nicolas Cage is... I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah, he's just had a string of really, really bad movies yes. in the last few years. And that was no, one it was pretty good, though. Yeah. Like, that is I, the I one exception. It was actually a really good movie. You should really try to check that out. Especially for people who are into religious topics, the end of the movie. Yeah, Robert, yeah. you saw the, the, the aliens at the end. They were angelic. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard that. Again. Yeah. I, a couple of people were telling me about that, and I just... Haven't gotten around to seeing it. Uh, mainly, mainly, I've actually I've been working on a 
but you just get to a point where all you're doing is like working from one project to the next, to the next, yeah. to the next. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you'll see that when the first Jackal, Jackal's Head book comes out, which I know that you've got percolating <laughs> if you haven't already put finger to keyboard. Am I right? Well, actually, I am uh, putting my hands to the keys, ah. and I am writing a book at the end of this year with uh, the help of Mr. Dennis Crenshaw. But it's not going to be about the Jackal's Head. It's actually a political book about the Cuban political crisis in the last 50, 60 years and wow. the Kennedy and the Kennedy connection with the Cuban Missile Crisis and other political stuff that we're going to throw in there. It's uh, interesting. I don't know if you guys are aware, but I'm Cubano, Cuban-born. My family is Cuban. And uh, I have a family member who's doing a 20-to-life bid in Cuba right now, which we've been fighting with you know several different uh, avenues that we've been contacted to try to get him out of prison because he is a political prisoner. And it looks like it might happen. We might actually get him to be released and he's oh, been in there for be seven great. years I really, now. I will definitely, as silly as it sounds, I will definitely keep that in my prayers. And I'm not saying that to be be arrogant, but I'm, I really, really wish the best for that. Because, like, I remember hearing Thank that you. a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely, in fact, yeah. I think it was the night that we were arguing about Michael Jackson, and I remember hearing <laughs> that and just going, yeah. going, oh, the poor guy, I really hope he gets out. Because it's it's... It's very sad. A couple of friends of mine, they're also um, Cuban as well, and they were telling me about some of their experiences where that, that, that was just one giant sad experience, simple as that. I mean, it just, yep. like, they literally went from one terrible disaster to another terrible disaster there. I mean, uh, when yep. you had, um, I forget what his name is, but the uh, scumbag that was in charge before uh, Castro was. Um, oh, uh, well, there was uh, a bunch of them, actually. Castro didn't just take over. In fact, uh, well, when it was in transition from Batista to Castro, uh, there was right. several but, yeah, there was several different semi-dictators that kind of took over the office for several days, weeks, until they finally landed and, and you know, Castro became the guy. Because remember, Castro just became the guy because he betrayed Che, who was originally going to be the guy who was going to take over Cuba. Right. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. It was like basically you had more or less, you just basically had two very corrupt people yep. from opposite sides of the political spectrum. Uh, so you had Batista, who who was a scumbag, and then you had uh, Castro. I, I don't care what people say about him, and I'm sick and tired of people parading him out to be this incredible hero of the revolution. Now, the guy's a scumbag. Anybody that voiced his opinion, yep. dissenting you know, with Castro, saying, I disagree with him. I mean, let's face it. If if this, if Cuba had been what, uh, if the United States had been what Cuba had been, I mean, guys like, um, like during the Bush administration, guys like Michael Moore would have been locked away in a camp and never allowed to see the light of day again. Vice versa, if we lived in this, it lived in that country, people like Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh, who I did a biographical comic about for Blue Water, quick little plug there, um, they they would be <laughs> locked away in a concentration camp, never to be seen the light of day. And in Cuba, that happens all the time. Some guy stands up, I disagree with uh, President Castro. Oh, thanks for sharing. Let's lock him away so he doesn't see the light of day again. And that's probably what your relative did. I'm sorry, is that an uncle? 
that you said that? No, actually, he's uh, my my first blood cousin. The book is basically starting as a narration of what happened to him and how he ended up in prison there. His story is kind of a unique one. He actually was sent to prison for participating in a hunger strike. He was uh, actually an activist, and he was also involved with uh, the workers' union in Cuba. There is actually a workers' union type of thing in Cuba with, uh, you know, since, you know, the entire country is kind of ran by you know the castro regime every job basically goes through this certain office and you know he worked in that office as one of the main members and since he participated in the hunger strike against the way the treatment of the cuban workers at that time uh you know they took it out pretty hard on him and they gave him 20 to life just for participating in a hunger strike that's all he did and my cousin is a you know humanitarian he's you know really the type of person that he would go out of his way to you know show i guess what he feels is right and uh, he'll participate in different kind of events like this if he had that opportunity he's the type of person he is in fact in prison he's participated in hunger strikes and other things to make a buzz of what's going on in cuba so much so that we've actually been contacted and we've contacted several big big time folks uh with government ties that are actually working on trying to get him released as a political prisoner and it looks it was announced like i said not long ago that it looks like he is going to be released in the near future in the next few months which that's going to be phenomenal because he's going to be able to come not only is he going to be released but they're actually sending him to miami so he's going to come to live here with his wife his mother yeah they're sending pretty much the entire family over as you know part of the agreement the thing that's happening i think and this is something that we're going to touch on in the book that i'm writing i think what it's going to happen in the next few five ten years with cuba is you're going to start seeing a lot of the the old ways go away a lot of the tension between the U.S. and Cuba go away as the United States is going, you know, sadly a little bit left at the moment, and you know it's going to continue yeah. going this way with the with the government. Unfortunately, uh, there's going to be a lot more connection, I think, between Cuba and the U.S. in the near future. Castro's not going to be around forever. Raúl Castro's not going to be around forever either. So, eventually, they're going to have to come to some some kind of agreement, and the embargo and all that stuff is eventually going to get lifted. But yeah, Castro is a scumbag, and I would love to have the chance to be able to fly into Cuba and just put two in his face. That'd be a beautiful sight. I would love to do that. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's I not going to happen. So. Politically, it's going to have to, you know, be this way. Hey, can I ask? Because yeah, the I Obama will. administration would be helpful with you then in terms of getting your your cousin out, or or did this start with the Bush administration and now it's with the Obama administration, or is it just on a lower level? Well, Involving those administrations, it's just kind of yeah. It doesn't really involve the administrations per se, but it's uh, it has to do with a lot of higher level government officials that uh, are you know helping. And not only release my cousin because it's just not one person. There was several people. I think it was like fifty two in total that were arrested. Uh, some of them were workers and you know worked directly with the government. And those guys got the hardest of the, you know the sentencing. And a lot of those guys are going to be released. They released a list of names. I forgot how many exactly were on there, but they've released an entire list. And the you know the thing about it is these guys don't just want to be released and stay in Cuba because they know if they do that they'll be dead in three days because you know something bad's going to happen. So that's part of the agreement that they're not only going to be released but they're going to be you know sent to the to live in the u.s in miami with their families and we're taking of course my family uh is all getting together and we're taking my cousin and his family in and you know they have a house here so uh that's going to be great if it does happen i mean we're counting the days to have that happen because honestly the guy only he did all he did was you know participate in a hunger strike how many times does that not happen in the u.s here and you know nobody goes to jail for 20 years yeah 20 freaking yeah. years. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yet you have people like Alex Jones who goes on radio and bashes the president every night, and he's still around. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, we have to kind of thank the country we're in a little bit, I think, also, you know? Yeah. If I may say, you know, like, to completely bring this back to um, a different, to bring this back onto a topic a little bit, this would actually make for a decent comic book. And I'm not saying that to be funny, but, like, when you work on your book, if you wanted, wanted some advice on how to do, like, say, a companion comic book, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, depending on how you get it published or what directions you want to go, I mean, getting how much money you can or cannot offer, there are ways of, of, contact, of working with an artist. And basically, if you were to just like sit down and like, um, it, it wouldn't, it's translating something like that to put it in a comic book to tell the story, I think would be would be really a good thing because that's what's one of the great things about the comic book medium is is that it isn't just for the over skin tight superheroes like there's really like stories of characters and people are being told and, oh yeah and, and now it's like um it's like the only comic book to ever win the Pulitzer Prize uh I think um it, it was that like by Art Spiegelman, that like that basically retold the Holocaust from with cats as Nazis and and um, and and the mice as Jews and our uh, Jews as mice, something like the story of your cousin. That would just be such an amazing, just like granted, be like probably twenty four page script. You could probably publish it through say something like Comics Express or something like that. Dot com. And they would distribute it, and you basically say, like, for so much money, like, I will pay this, and then you could turn around and charge that. And what you could probably do is start some sort of fund for other, like, start yeah. some sort of foundation with the money from that, and then, like, donate the proceeds to, um, to do something. Like, some really positive things with the comic book angle could come out of doing that, and, and I know that um, I, I'm going to speak for Rob, and I apologize about this, we could probably offer you advice on sure. directions that you can go for this. Just oh, to, I'd, I'd love to look into that, yeah. And we could interview you on Invest Comics to give you some publicity. <laughs> How about there that? You go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's great, I mean, that's great, we're definitely going to be in contact for that, I mean, that sounds like a really good idea, actually. Uh, you know, one idea that I had when we came up with the concept of the book uh, was to eventually turn it into a script anyway, because, you know, it makes for a good uh, possible movie or, you know, series yeah, of movies, true. because there's a lot of story in there that we could tell. Uh, yeah, so a, a series of comics would, you know, be beautiful also, I think. That's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. And you can make awareness. You can actually, yeah. I don't know if the school systems would let it in, because you're essentially telling a socialist organization that is the American Public mm -hmm. Schools that another socialist organization, which is Cuba, did something mean to another prisoner. So I don't this know has been a Republican dig from Don Smith. <laughs> no, he's right, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, yeah, look, I'm, not, I'm, neither, I'm, neither, I'm neither Republican or Democrat. Sorry. Go ahead, Robert. No, I'm yeah. saying, he, actually, Don's excellent because he's done a lot of these um, in terms of biopic-type comics, and it's kind of a new yeah. subgenre of comics that are becoming very popular. Blue Water is very big, which is, you know, Don's work with Darren Davis, and I interviewed him, too, on Invest Comics, but they're very, they kind of introduced and made that kind of a pretty strong niche. That's how they kind of um, got themselves some notoriety, and, um, you know, 
biopic socially conscious would be another subgenre, which I think would be a nice. I was kind of thinking that as you were telling your story, and then Don kind of brought it up. I totally agree, though. I think that's. You know, you can write a book, but you can also do a 24-page comic book and print it and send it out and, yep. and even use it as a promo for the book, you know? Yeah, that's a good idea, too, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That You know, you guys just uh, you just turned another light bulb out in my on top of my head there, and uh, I'm going to definitely be in contact with you guys in the very near future about that. Uh, guys, we only have a few minutes left here on the show. We're about to go off air sure. in about six minutes. Let's do this. Let's wrap this up real quick. Tell everybody again about the website, where they can find all your stuff. Um, I know you have several websites, not just Invest Comics. So if you guys want to give up other websites you have, the floor is yours for the next few minutes. Both of you take your turn, and by all means, go for it. Hey, Don, why don't you go first? You go first. You're welcome. You okay. go first. <laughs> okay. All right, well, first off, One of you go first. I'll go first. All right. We'll argue for two minutes to figure who goes first. Um, okay, this is, this is Bob. I'll go first. Um, well, I want to kind of echo what Don said at the beginning about Jeremiah Greer and um, Mysteries Magazine, Total Support. Uh, he's a great guy. I've been on the show as a guest, and he does exceptional work and it's 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 definitely worthwhile to support that magazine and to keep keep it going he's just a great guy he does a great show if you haven't listened to shadows in the dark you should as well as this show um so about stuff that i'm doing please do check in on invest comics i have a bi-weekly column in there called indie creator it's as i mentioned earlier it's kind of a shotgun approach to all things indie i focus on everyone from artists to inkers to writers to publishers, printers, people who have um, blogs, etc., and from people that are very famous to people that are less famous. I kind of cover them all. So uh, please do check in and read the column. It's on Invest Comics, and it's called Indie Creator, as well as all the other great stuff that's on there. Um, also, I have a website called coldbloodedchillers.com. So it's coldbloodedchillers.com. And on that, you'll kind of see where to get My books are available in a lot of different places, but that's the kind of the one main portal to find out. Um, if, you, if you want to find out how to, how to buy my stuff, either as downloads or as, as print copies, including the Don Smith Wookiee card, 2012 Final Prayer, you can get that as a download or as a, uh, or as a print <laughs> copy at a number of places. Um, if you're in Florida, it's, uh, it's available at Zaldiva, um, which is in Fort Lauderdale. That's a very big comic book store. You can find some of my books there. And um, I, you can also find me on Studio 407. It's called www.studio-407.com. Um, it's a small indie publisher for comics, but they have, actually have five titles that are being made into films. And uh, my book, The Night Projectionist, which is a vampire original graphic novel that they're doing the colors on the last part of it right now. Hopefully it'll be out in stores um, early 2011, and hopefully we'll have some packaging for the film, get a director attached and get that made. So that would be great. And um, I'm also working on a um, – I took this year off from writing comics because I'm actually working on producing uh, a micro-budget uh, horror film. Micro-budget is probably uh, $150,000 or $200,000, which I'll, I'll put my money in, I'll get investors, and I'll do something else, which is called crowdfunding, where you have a website up and you invite people to come contribute a buck, five bucks, whatever. The more they contribute, they get more and more perks for contributing. Um, I'll have a website on up for that probably in the next month, but um, I'm doing a lot of great progress. I've written a script. I'm finding a place to shoot. I'm getting a director attack with a lot of great credits. I'm getting a post-production person that's just out of out of this world. Another Florida guy named Alex Ferrari who did a short called Broken. Um, 
about several years ago. He's now out in L.A. and he's a he's a writer, director, producer, but he's really a, a magician on on post production special effects works, and he'll be helping on the project too. So I'm gonna have a great casting crew on that, and uh, more news on that on my website. And um, hope people ch- check me out and support me. And um, thank you for Jackal for having me on the show. It's been a blast. I really appreciated my time, and uh, it was it was a great time talking to you tonight. No, it's been a blast. And Don, go ahead and give yours also before I say goodbye to you guys for the night. Uh, give all your sure, info real quick because sure. we only have a few minutes. Go for it, brother. Sure. Um, just real quick, um, a lot of my stuff, I um, I actually, it's uh, donsmith74.wordpress.com. Uh, it needs, I try to update it as best I can, but I found myself actually going several months without updating it. But it gives a list of where I can be seen, where I can be where I can write. Right now, I'm going to be at investcomics.com. Right now, I uh, have I have a website. It's just simple, or my column is simply called Don's Column. Um, I'm expecting to give it a really cool name very soon when we're going to be interviewing a very big, big named uh, comic book creator for my first official column with my first official title there. But in the meantime, I'm writing um, under the name Don's Column. Also, don't forget to check out my friend Darth Andrea's Wheel of Time column. That's on there as well. And um, and, and also at the same time, um, I'm popping up all over the place. I'm writing for... Uh, WyckoffPatch.com and RidgewoodPatch.com. There are a couple of local newspaper sites where I just have been doing interviews with people, and um, I guess that's pretty much it. I, it. I could probably throw out a couple of more sites, like with friends books and stuff like that. But you know what? <laughs> if you come to DonSmith74.wordpress.com, I'll have mention people's other works up there but in the meantime please cool. check out i will say this check out my friend jason doobie who was the artist on the 2012 uh, my 2012 section with scatteredcomicstudios.com so thank you very much for your time and also <laughs> jay cool. say hello to you out there jay cats for, for listening there in. You we saw you out there J-Cats, shout-outs to J-Cats. Uh, real quick, before you guys leave, I need a small favor from you guys. And, Don, you probably know about this since you've listened to my show before. Yes, I can see I'm requiring a bumper from each one of you gentlemen. So I need for each one of you to say the following, and you state your name here. You say, I am, state your name, and now I am a voice inside the jackal's head. And you can, you know, improvise all you want, by all means. Feel free. Go for it. And... I'll go first. I am Robert M. Heskey of Heskey Horror, and I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. This is comic book writer Don Smith, and it is my honor and my privilege to be a voice inside the jackal's head. That's a wrap on a first take. That's professional right there, guys. Thank you guys so much for being on here, and you know what? I, we got to get together again and do this again. You guys have been a pleasure to have on the show here, and please, let's get you guys back on in the near future, cool? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Please, definitely, and also, feel free to call me off hours, and we can talk about the idea for uh, your cousin as well, and, and I'd encourage oh, yes. you no, people, what? I know my fellow friends and believers are out there, Please play, mm-hmm. pray for the Jackal's cousin. God will know who you're talking about. Yep. We want to get him yep. out here and reunite with his family as soon as possible. Him and all the other, you know, poor, you know, innocent political prisoners in there that are, you know, just 
doing you know serving the same time he's serving you know those guys all belong to be free oh, with our families but guys thanks again and we're definitely going to be in contact about that because you guys like i said you lit a light bulb on top of my head here and that's a great idea you guys had and we're gonna we're gonna definitely be talking about that in the future but i definitely want to have you guys back on as uh do another show in fact i'm having uh steve Eunice. i don't know if you're familiar with him from superman homepage oh, on the show yes. in the near future he's a friend of mine he's been on the show before and uh oh, if you guys want to you know, yeah, if you guys want to sit in on one of the shows and do like a round table type of deal with him and you guys, that'd be great. I mean, to have Steve Eunice and you guys together, that'd be phenomenal. Sure, happy if to do it. Say, uh, if I may plug real quick, I actually wrote a really interesting interview with Jan Allen Henderson, um, who wrote mm-hmm. a couple of biograph- biographies on George Reeves and uh, Steve Eunice, and I did those for the Superman homepage. Oh, cool. Nice. Also, yeah. oh, when I talked to uh, Steve and we set the show up, I'm going to tell him about you guys, and he's going to be psyched. He's a really, really nice guy. I had him on last year in December, and one of my favorite interviews was Steve Eunice because I'm a Superman junkie, Batman junkie. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of comic book guys, and, and you know, yeah, he's one of the guys that's doing a, a great work on the website with SupermanHomePage.com. So plug he's that really also, guys. Go check him, out. Yeah. Ask him about his buddy Neil Bailey too. Neil Bailey, probably one of the best yes. undiscovered writers out there. Good guy. So. Yep. Great. Thank you and so it, much, Jack and, and Robert. It was great talking to you again, as always. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for being on the Jackal's Head and being official voices now on the jackal's head i will talk to you guys later and guys everybody listening in thank you for being part of the show here for four hours tonight man that was crazy we're gonna do it again next sunday for four more hours and saturday for two hours because you know i'm only human so bear with me but we will be back next week with mr stanton friedman on saturday night so i want to stick around for that that's gonna be awesome to say the least (laughs) <laughs> but thank you guys again uh, take care and have a wonderful night everybody <laughs>